It's now time to beat the clock on U92 The Moose. Talking sports for the next two hours. Here's the team. Welcome in. It's beat the clock. Good Lord, was it hard to do that today, fellas? And Anissa. Well, some people follow how much water to put in their mac and cheese. Others don't. Six all right? cups? I feel like that's a lot for one measly box. What do you got? Dude, I don't know. Call Kraft and tell them. I'm not I the one who made the box. <laughs> I, can't say the, I can't say the full saying on air. Good Lord. I mean, I'm positive. That kind of sounded a little negative. It's America. American dream, baby. I don't smile. But, but I feel like you should be able to dream as many things as you want, you know? I'm very sore this morning. <laughs> Welcome in. It's Beat the Clock right here on U92, the Moose. We're so happy to be back. Tanner Lambert joined by Tanner Mounts, Mr. Luke Blaine. The Big Mac is back, baby. We're in Crocs. He's better than ever. Oh, yeah. You hear that, old Corey? The Big Mac, he w he bought some Crocs. He's wearing them this morning. I did, I did. That's why I'm not going to be welcome home when I go home. And, uh, That's right, baby. He's looking great. And we got Sir Jonathan Hamilton as well with us. A little bit of a new lineup. Uh, we will have Anissa Gallo on quite a bit as long with Mr. Sean Pansky. How do we like that, boys? It sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. I miss old man. him, man. I miss him. Old man Tansky. Old Sean Tansky, baby. One I miss his smile, man. I miss his smile. Yeah, I know, right? Uh <laughs> So, you know, outside of live sports production, this is the first time that the sports staff is in studio in this new academic year, and uh, I can't tell you how happy I am to be back. And I think we've got a lot of good stuff lined up for us this season, and, uh, you know, it, it's been started already with soccer. Jonathan carried the ship through uh, the summer with the Black Bears right here on U92. Uh, he, he's had a lot of fun out at the Mond, but uh, we're ready to be back and get at it, huh? Yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, always great to uh, call some baseball and a uh, great experience over there at Mon County Ballpark. Really, really, what a great time. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's just a phenomenal day, huh? Phenomenal uh, day. Fantastic yeah. stuff. All right, good. We've got a lot that we're going to get into uh, today. We're going to start with West Virginia sports and then move into WVU football specifically. Obviously, the summer was a long summer for a lot of people <laughs> in Morgantown. Um, everybody knows what happened. I was obviously very sad. I don't really want to talk about it, but if you guys want to say some stuff, I think Josh Eilert's going to be able to right the ship a little bit and get through this season. There's a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah, and, you know, we were at, um, I say we as Tanner, myself, and Luke were at the uh, presser there with uh, Ren Baker. You know, he had a lot of good things to say. I, I, I left that, uh, that press conference feeling pretty good about the direction of all West Virginia sports, specifically the basketball program, but I found it really interesting uh, when Eilert was brought up I mean, he flat out said it. The job is not open. Um, he was not fielding calls for other head coaches. He is not uh, looking for anything right now. Like, the job is not open. He wants to make Eilert feel like he is the head coach as much as he can um, and give him every resource that he can to be successful. Um, and like he said, he's going to evaluate that performance day by day, figure out uh, – long-term options after that uh, but he does not want any outside more outside distraction than there's already been he wants Eiler to succeed with I mean this whole new roster we've got almost a complete turnover um, and then even still some from when we turned it over the first time a couple new guys coming in and out after everything that happened this summer but uh, I think it was good that they were able to keep most of the team I mean I'll let you guys kind of talk about it but I, I think the basketball team 
with all things considered, ended up being a fairly decent outcome. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, you talk about riding the ship, and I think that's already kind of happened to an extent, because everybody expected just about everybody from the roster to leave. And obviously you had some big guys who left, Trey Mitchell, Joe Toussaint. You had a lot of pieces that left, but there were a lot of pieces who stayed. There were a lot of players who believe in Eilert and still believe that they can get done what they want to get done with Josh Eilert at the helm. And then you have transfers coming in. Transfers, you know, they obviously believe in the program. They're coming here to play. And I think that Eilert put together about as good of a roster as you can under the circumstances he was given. And I think that the men's basketball team is still something that Mountaineer fans can be very excited about moving forward. Well, a lot of that has to go with, I might say his last name wrong, but that uh, Jake Koontz, is that his last yeah, name? Yeah, yeah like, yeah. he's a phenomenal recruiter. We've seen it now the past couple of years, specifically in the transfer portal, what he's been able to do and go out. I mean, he's he was put in charge of that by Bob Huggins, and uh, Eilert let him kind of right the ship that way as well. I, I believe he got a promotion a little bit to even get yeah, a little bit of a bigger on, role. He was a, on the coaching staff rather yeah. than a grad assistant. So. Yeah, so he's been phenomenal for West Virginia being able to bring these guys in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the roster is really set. We're still waiting on um, Raekwon Battles' um, transfer, and if that if they'll get approved for that. I believe they're still, wait, uh, still waiting on Farrakhan, too. Yeah. Farrakhan. Uh, yeah, one's already. Who was the one that was already denied? Silvario was Sil- already. Silvario, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was already denied, and you know that's not something that we're not used to seeing here in Morgantown, unfortunately. And we feel awful for that guy because now he has no college eligibility at all. You know, he came here because he wanted to play a final season, and he was denied the ability to play, uh, which is quite unfortunate. And maybe a little bit of the NCAA is still trying to say, "Oh yeah, we have all this power. Look at us." But uh, you know, I don't, I don't buy it. That was one thing that Ren also talked about um, the other day on Wednesday. He is on the side of, you know, he he favors players being able to kind of have more freedom. If coaches can leave whenever they want, he thinks players, you know, should have some of that freedom as well. But he also stated that what we saw this summer also isn't okay and something needs to be changed a little bit in terms of players just being able to like they they already signed, they already decided, and I get like you know your 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 coach leaves, they reopen up the window, but for players to just enter the portal, come back, decide like it was just chaos this summer with everybody in the transfer portal. So um, I thought it was interesting there that he mentioned that he does believe that something's got to change a little bit, and maybe some things have gotten got to tighten up a little more. Uh, but luckily, they were able to pull most people back from the portal. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what with um, what all you guys are saying. Obviously, this whole situation came out of the blue. Like, nobody expected this to happen, especially at the end of last year. And, you know, just looking at the situation it is now, obviously I think Eilert did a great job of, you know, keeping most guys here. And he he did everything he could from, from what it looks like from our perspective. And they're going to have a lot of points they're going to have to make up for. Obviously, losing Stevenson to graduation, uh, Toussaint transferring, obviously Trey Mitchell and the other guys. So I think they brought in the right guys to do that. You have Jesse Edwards, the guy from Syracuse, the big. I think he averaged nearly a double double. Um, and they got obviously the other transfers you guys mentioned, like Raekwon Battle, uh, Noah Farrakhan, who we don't know if is he's going to play this year, obviously. And then um, so I think they're going to be they're in a good situation to be in, considering where they were, you know, a few months ago. And I'm excited. And you got to give credit to Eilert and obviously the recruiters as well because they did a great job of putting a team together that's really going to have a chance to compete in the Big Twelve. 
I think this is a really balanced team with what you look at uh, what they've put together. I mean, you bring in a point guard. Again, I might say his last name wrong. I haven't really looked much into it, but Kirk Krisa, is that? Yeah, yeah. Krisa. Yeah, Krisa. Yeah, Krisa. Um, like, you look at him and his ability to distribute the ball. You look at that at well Arizona three, last yeah. year. He shoots well from three. You're bringing in Jose Perez, who I think is going to be kind of that all-round scorer. Uh, we saw that uh, before last year. I mean, like we said, he wasn't able to play. Then if you partner that with Raekwon Battle, who if he is able to play, like those are two really good scoring options. Then you put a really good big in Jesse Edwards down low. Like it is a very balanced team that has a lot of different options, a point guard that can get everybody the ball. And then, I mean, their depth speaks for themselves, but they just keep adding more and more transfers as the as this process goes on. Like I think it's looking at a really good year, and um, I know like everyone's kind of bummed that the circumstances are that the way that they are in terms of it would be nice to have Huggins on the sideline, like coaching this squad. Tanner said it before, like this was supposed to be his, you know, his his last season going at probably his last season, kind of going out on top, like yeah. with this squad. Right, you know, it was going to be uh, Bill Nevin over at the Coliseum, the winningest yeah. coach in college basketball. You know, all of these things. And, I mean, you guys know how much love I yeah. have for that guy. But what I will say is that, you know, I think the university, maybe Ren Baker more so, has, has said all of the right things yeah. about it. You know, he, he was asked about it on Monday, you know, how much he still has respect for Huggins and what he's done. You know, he's really changed the entire athletics department here at West Virginia, right? He built that indoor practice facility, one of the best in the country, um, in a place where many thought that couldn't be done. And just more so than that, you know, he really carried on and built on what West Virginia basketball is supposed to be. Uh, it's not the way anyone wanted it to end, and uh, it's unfortunate. But I think here in a couple of years we'll be able to look back on it and get past this. And that's that's everybody, and that's what I hope will happen, uh, which I think is something that's good. On the other side, on the women's side, we've got a new head coach. Mark Kellogg comes in. He has done a lot of you know recruiting and bringing in new players. What I think is very important to note is that four of the five starters are back. The only one that's not back is Maddie Smith, and that's because she graduated. That was going to be a tough loss either way, right? We know you know one of the best, if not the best, Mountaineer basketball women players that has ever wore the old golden blue. Uh, just a defensive machine and, and was able to do a lot offensively as well played most minutes ever in West Virginia basketball history. Just so many other records that, you know, it would take 10 minutes to go through them. So the loss of her is going to be very, very important to this team. But Quinterly's back, Hemingway's back, Kyle Watson is back, Blackstein is back. Like, y y you got you got these girls ready to go. And then Kellogg has brought in other talent as well. I text Brian the other morning when they announced the signing of Holzer, uh, who's a guard coming over from the Swiss League averaging five a game and stuff like that but or nine a game I think rather than five assists but somebody that's gonna have experience on a pro level that's gonna be able to come in and, and give you solid minutes behind Quinterly uh, that that's gonna be important for this team and I'm excited to see what Mark Kellogg has to do pay attention to the Mountaineer Sports Insider something may be coming out that includes Mr. Mark Kellogg uh, but I'm excited I think that that was a really good sneaky hire um, and, you know, we talked about it a lot last season. Obviously, Coach P was here. It was her first year. They did a lot of good things with this women's basketball team. Um, and there was a lot of other first-year coaches in the league last year, including out of 
Oklahoma State. They found a lot of success with the first-year coach. I think that that's something that's not out of the question this season. And I think when you have four or five starters back, you can kind of have some expectations, right? Last season it was different, I, I think, because you had a coach come in after a legend in Mike Carey, and it's hard to take that over and sort of build a, your own kind of culture within what the culture already is. And so now Kellogg has to do that. But I think for him, he is going to be able to find a lot of success, and I hope so. But uh, I'm excited to see what they do, excited to uh, potentially speak with him uh, about that. Uh, I think that there's a lot of momentum with that program, and if he can find it and guide it the right way, they're going to find success. Hamilton, you got any ideas on that? Well, I think that Mark Kellogg's um, resume itself is very impressive. He's the sixth winningest active Division One women's coach of all time. And you I don't just get to hire those people usually. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's wild. And uh, I think that's that's great. And I think, like as you said, the returning players are coming back and having that chemistry and already knowing how all how everyone plays with each other. Like, um, it's definitely going to be helpful to the Mountaineer team, I, I think. And having a coach that has won, you know, at significantly at his last school, Stephen F. Austin, uh, as you said, Tanner, I think definitely – great to have someone that knows how to win and can maybe bring that to Morgantown. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 23 wins or more every single year he was at Stephen F. Austin. I think a lot of fans would love to see that here at West Virginia. The consistency in the regular season is important as well. Uh, so I'm excited to see what that guy can do. Any final thoughts on Kellogg? For, how about our basketball guy? Yeah, Mr. Hey. Big Mac, what do we think here on Mark Kellogg? Oh, huge fan of it. I like it a lot. Uh, obviously, I want to give credit to Ren Baker. I think he's done a great job with the big decisions he's had to make uh, overall. Yeah, we, we still have to talk about him a little bit, too. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think, especially in the basketball department, made two great hires. And, you know, both uh, situations were kind of, like, not expected. So that was not an easy position for him to be in, but he did a great job. And, um, yeah, obviously, as you said, the Mark Kellogg hire, you don't, you don't see that every day in college basketball. A, a, a coach who's the sixth winningest active uh, Division One women's basketball head coach in the country uh, has an opportunity to come to West Virginia, and I think uh, Ren Baker did a great job. And obviously, as you said, four of the five starters are coming back, uh, so I think it's going to be a, a, a fun season to, uh, ahead of us, and I'm just excited for it. Yeah. Um, phone lines don't work, so if you're calling in, I apologize. You can't answer the phone. Somebody's calling in. Uh, we also hope that we're on the terrestrial stream. There were a lot of storms last night, so yeah, if yeah. you can't hear us on your dial at 91.7, go to United2thenews.com, or if it's real choppy. This is WWVU Morgantown. Yeah, see, technical difficulties. I definitely did not have that set to run, but that's fine. We're figuring it out. It's the beginning of the year here, and it wouldn't be college radio unless there's problems. That's something that uh, the old guy, Luke Wiggs, always used to say, uh, and, you know, that's always true. Um my biggest problem, gold numbers on white jerseys. I could do two <laughs> hours on how I hate that. It is impossible. You cannot make that work. You know, you, you saying that actually takes me back to, this is like the first time I ever thought, like, growing up, I think this was probably like my freshman year of high school or something, where Ohio State played Penn State, and they wore those dark gray with the black numbers. Yeah. And Penn State was trying to say that those uniforms weren't allowed because they it's so hard to been. see. And I was all for, like, well, that's just stupid. Like, they just don't want us to wear our cool uniforms. Yada, yada, yada. Being up in a booth now and seeing, like, it's uniforms impossible. like that. Yeah, no, I completely it, it, understand. It's unreal. You was know? that the uh, Saquon I, kickoff return game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I do want to say my biggest pet peeve with jerseys are the gray ones. Oh, come on. I don't like them. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't like well, gray jerseys. That's a topic we can get into at some point. 
Yeah, because I, I have some stuff. Oh, uh, well, we, speaking of West Virginia sports, we did release the new Country Roads jerseys. Yeah, I saw those. I think Woo! they're all right. Um, I would rather it say West Virginia. I, I liked that last year when it said West when Virginia. When it said West Virginia across the front. That, well, I that think last is, year's are much better. Yeah, I, oh, well. I, I don't think it's close. Well, plus last year's, like, it looked like the flag. Also, like, you had, yeah. like, that white and, like, the, the blue border, kind of like yeah, the flag. Yeah, I like and, those a lot better. I but think. you, you got to look at it, like. We're home this year, so you got to be wearing your dark colors. I mean, you can't kill you to wear white at home one game. Can no, you, no, you I, can't, I, I don't I, think you can. No. Uh, you can. You, your home or, team has to wear your dark colors. Yeah. Okay, because I know LSU and Georgia Tech usually wear white at home. I, do they have, like, a special, like, permission? Or, it's like, SEC, man. It means more. Georgia Tech <laughs> the ACC. But, no, okay. but you get what I'm saying. Because, I mean, look at, cares about look at even Penn State. Stop. Like, Penn State <laughs> can't wear their white during the whiteout. They wear their blue. I, I, I think they should, but that's... No, I agree. <laughs> I think that there's nothing wrong with that. But well, well, Penn State has those, like, whiteout games where everybody comes in white. Yeah, but in the they stadium. wear blue still. They do? Yeah. You have yeah. to. Yeah. I guess. That, that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't I, it? I agree. That's sad. Yeah, it is. There's something to it. But, you know, I, I do love the numbers with the country roads in them. I think it's a really, really cool thing that nobody else does. Um... And, and so, you know, I think it looks fine. Uh, you're never going to beat last year. So I think no matter what they did, people were still going to be like, well, I don't, I don't like that. And you can't make everybody happy. I, so. think, I think it's cool because what's the – like, is there any other school where they can take that much pride in the state that they're in I don't, to I don't make uniforms? I don't know if anybody else does it like that. No, I, I agree, right? There's a lot of schools that are the flagship program in their state. Uh, you know, we were talking about LSU. LSU does a lot of that. Mm. But, you know, down there, I think that they have a different culture, too. Like, here is a different culture. And you see it at the facility when you go in to talk to or go into the pressers and talk to whoever. The Herb Street quotes on the wall, the most underrated fan base in the country is right here in Morgantown. I mean, that's paraphrased. It says something like that. I've seen it a thousand times. But, you know, I think that there is some value in that. Uh, other programs that are the flagship universities they don't quite have that same kind of deal in my opinion where where they can do connection that. to the home state right so I, I think that there is you know connection to the fan base but there is no other program like this place i think that that is a fair statement and you can take that whichever way you want but uh yeah terrific okay so Again, more technical difficulties. We were discussing the new Country Roads jerseys. Um, soccer has gotten started here on campus. I think that we've seen some good things and some things that are like, okay, we can see they're on the right path. Specifically on the women's team yesterday against Penn State, they lose at home 2-1. to one. They give up a goal at the end of that one. That whole game was pretty messy. Um, you could have heard it right here on U92. A lot of just back and forth and whatnot early season game that's how it goes right so uh tough loss to number eight in the country it would have been nice to see that at a 1-1 draw uh, just because i think that west virginia played good enough for it to be that and that would have helped you they're going to get into the top 25 it might not be next week it could be the week after but that's a team that i think could be a tournament team for sure they've got so much talent that it'd be hard to not see them have success and make it NCAA tournament. I mean, they won the Big 12 last year. so Yeah, I mean, it, w it was tough to see that looking or watching them play a team like Penn State. Because, um, like, when, if you don't really know what you're looking at there, like, it looks like, all right, you know, maybe West Virginia struggled in some aspects. But, you know, for the most part, they did control the game. 
Uh, I believe they had more shots, more shots on goal. Yeah, they did. Time yep. of possession was probably in favor of the Mountaineers. It was, yeah. And, and all um, those, that's what I'm like, it could have yeah. easily been and it, one. And it very, like, then you look into the history of Penn State and how talented that team is. And it's like, okay, like, that was a very good team that West Virginia had an opportunity to draw and honestly controlled most of the game. And you just let it slip away there with, I think, the goal was with seven minutes to go or something yeah, like that. Right or just end. a miscommunication, let a girl get behind the defense on a pass, and um, not much that you could do about that. But no. it's just it was a heartbreaking way. You could see the expression. But you know, to their credit, though, I mean, the pace really picked up afterwards then, and the pressure was right. applied yeah. deep into Penn State territory for the rest of the game there. They got a couple more shots. Like, they – they had chances. Um, yeah, they did. It, it was a tough watch at the end. It, it was, it was just a game. I mean, you could tell it was early season. And then the other part of it too. It was eighty-seven degrees. They played at five o'clock. The sun was out the entire game. Usually that'd be a seven o'clock kick, um, but since they had the double header last night, they had to kick earlier, and so that's part of it. But that affects both teams, right? But uh, you know, so definitely something that they can take from and, and learn from and try to get better from. They'll be at home on Sunday at 1 o'clock, 12.30, pregame start right here on U92. Uh, and we'll have that action for you against Duquesne. But they, they schedule a tough schedule for a reason, right? You want to have that RPI at the end of the year so you can find a way into the tournament. Uh, on the men's side, they get a nice 3-0 win against Cal Baptist, the tournament team from last season. But, I mean, my goodness, they, they look good. Um, I didn't know quite what to expect coming into that one, right? Last season kind of fell apart from the get-go, and they just couldn't find their footing. They do towards the end of conference play and make a four seed, and, you know, Kentucky was just so good. Um, but, you know, that's a way to start the season and make a statement, and I think they did that. So uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. They'll have Bucknell on Monday right here on U92. Caldera was awesome. Yeah, no, they looked like the team – my freshman year that, that that team that went to the tournament lost to georgetown pretty deep in the tournament what was that the elite eight right yeah it was yeah in, so, in pks too they yeah. could very easily been in the final four yep um they, they they looked like that team again and i remember going to some games there my freshman year um and they just they they looked fast they looked um really composed the passes they, they were making they just seemed on a different level than um cal uh, baptist but yeah, I mean, I think the future is bright for both of those teams watching the games last night. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have any more thoughts? Yeah, on no, that? I, I agree. With I think that. Marcus Caldera looks good. I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> that first he, he goal was, was amazing. It, so. it was. Uh, the second one was even more incredible. Um, I lost it. Like I was up there with Zach Anderson, and it was cleared out by Cal Baptist off the corner, and kind of found it and just ripped it right at Caldera's head, and Caldera nudged it into the back of the net, you know, directed it perfectly, and it was out of nowhere. It was the, one of those, like, chances that you see where it was like a bang-bang play, and uh, it ended up in the back of the net, and I was like, oh, there's a goal. Like, it was out of nowhere. It was very impressively done. And so if they are able to find their offense and, and make that work for them, then they're going to find success this season. And they do stuff similar to the women where they schedule a tough schedule, well, and, and they do that so that they have that high RPI at the end of the season where – if you play one of the toughest schedules in the country and you find a way to be a couple games over 500, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And also, Cal Baptist is no slouch. No, I mean, no. The conference, their conference champions last season, and they made the tournament, something the men did not do. Right. And 
I, I don't know. I, I think that's a very impressive win. To, it's statement win almost at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so, I, I agree. So, uh, so yeah, again, Bucknell on Monday right here on U92, 630 pregame start. Then they'll go to Yale. Yale's a team that came to Morgantown and won last season. So they'll want to make sure they get that done. And then they play American and Portland. Uh, the Portland game will be here on U92. And then uh, their first conference game against University of Central Florida. So, uh, again, they'll have the opportunities as well. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens there with them. Other Mountaineer sports getting started as well. Volleyball's down in Huntington at the Charleston Classic. Or I guess down at Charleston, rather. No, South Carolina. Oh, it's in South Carolina? It's in the, uh, yeah. See, I'm to West Virginia. I, I've been watching. I read Charleston. I think the capital, right? So yeah. okay, down in the University of South Carolina, they are. I apologize. I got that wrong. Golf gets their season started as well up here soon. You know how excited I am about that. FedEx Cup playoffs going on too, by the way. My boy, JT did not make it, unfortunately. JT Daniels? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's exactly who I'm talking about. Good God. Oh man, that was something right there. What, 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 what is that? Yeah, I mean, but what is that? JT, I don't know. Yeah, come on. You don't know who JT is? Justin Thomas. Man. Oh, I've heard that name. You've heard the okay. name. All yeah. Right. Well, I guess we'll take that. Brian, you know Justin Thomas? Now I do. Now you do. All right. Good. Perfect. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to talk West Virginia football. Let's beat the clock right here on U92. Have you guys read? No, but I've been meaning to read. Wanting to read or check out a book only to find out it's been banned happens all too often. This restriction of reading materials happens due to one or many people's objections. According to WVU librarian Beth Torin, bans infringe upon the rights of readers and rob people of a balanced, accurate depiction of the world. The negative impact of book bans starts with everyone who visits a library and extends to the rest of the community. It's Beat the Clock right here on U92, the moves. Tanner Lambert, Tanner Mounts, Sir Jonathan Hamilton, the Big Mac, Brian McClellan. And we got to come up with a name for Luke Blaine. We have names for him, but we can't say them on It's the Blaine train. I was going to say. It's not that. It's the Blaine train. Yeah, it is. No, no, I'm not calling it. All in favor of the Blaine train? No. no. You're getting overruled here, man. Brian, don't race the Blaine (laughs) train. Yep. Four one train. It still would have been three two, man. Golly, hop yeah, on the blame I would have at least had my boy on my <laughs> Yeah, you got to hop on. Tanner, I didn't raise my hand. Don't worry. He did. All no, he did. <laughs> he did. All it was aboard. a point five. I mean, dude, you're making me think of like the Polar Express now. Like, what's wrong it? with the Polar well, Express? Well, that, that movie, did, that movie did have a train in it, Tanner. So you're on the right track. Really? <laughs> oh, whoa, that was that was on, uh, the, on the right track. Oh, I didn't oh, even mean to do wow. that. Wow. Oh, whoa. Hey, that was a hey. Good. All right, he's the blame train. I think that's. I think that's subtle. All right. Well, we're <laughs> going to talk West Virginia football now, and uh, the Big Mac's going to get us started with you know a quote that he feels that's going to be sufficient for this season, some kind of some kind of something here. You know, we've missed this. We Not have. really me in particular, but everybody else. <laughs> has. All right. You know what? After that comment, I don't want to say I don't want to say a quote now. Okay. Brian, will you say one for me? Of course. All right. Um, I, I might just do the the OG, the original one. Oh yeah. Um, I got to think for a second. Where is mm. it? Uh, oh, don't let the world change your smile. Let your smile change the world. That's it. That's right. We're going to smile a lot this year. That's all I got to (laughs) say. I'm already smiling. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. It's like a Cheshire cat smile right here. You know what I mean? It's it's all good. Look Uh, at Mount's dude. Look at you smiling over there. uh, See, this is what I live with. Uh, Oh, okay. We're doing it. We're doing this? No. No. But I will say one of the funniest things 
last two nights ago, I was asking Brian to tell me the amendments. He said he knew them all. He gave me three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no, this, this, that's, 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 he's giving you half of the story. I said I can name all 27, but since there's pressure on me, I'm only going to name three. So that's what I did. So I was three for three. Well, he started freedom of my religion. And I was like, well, that's half an amendment. There you go. Okay. <laughs> sure. That's like two fifths. Meanwhile, of Tanner. Ha- like two all, right, all right. Well, Tanner hasn't named me any, so you know. I haven't named you any. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna test this man on history. Yeah, that's well, not. Gonna not uh, he's a history. Let's oh, not yeah. do that. Uh, oh, okay. So, all, right, all right. We're gonna see which three amendments matter the most to Tanner. <laughs> 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 oh, well, I think I know one. I want to do it. Oh man, you guys, come on! It's Friday morning. Lord have mercy. My goodness. Uh, Mounts is really smiling now. I know what he's laughing at, too. That was a good one. Um, (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. I'm just going to move on. Uh, I I encourage you to go subscribe, though, to the Mountaineer Sports Insider podcast uh, if you want to hear about an athletic story from this summer from Mr. Luke Plains. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Hamilton, did you do anything fun this summer? Went to Europe. Did. Where'd you go? I went to uh, Portugal and Italy. Very fun. Yeah. Beautiful countries. Uh, did you see the Coliseum where Zuckerberg and Musk are going to go? <laughs> I did see that. I, w- I went inside it, too. It was great. Did you go to the Gap on Broadway? Or, sorry, the Gap in Rome? You went to the Cali? Uh, I did go to the Cali, yep. Um, I did not go to the Gap, unfortunately. That's a good Seinfeld uh, reference for you. I don't know if you got that. I'm, uh, All right, yeah. whatever. Fine. We're moving it's, on. It's West Virginia football. Neil Brown's fifth season. Uh, he's only had six wins twice. One of them during the COVID year where they won the bowl game after going 5-5 five and five in the regular season. That was his only bowl win, and that was against Army. Um, last season, it was very similar to some of the other programs here where you got off on the wrong foot and you couldn't catch back up, right? If they end up beating Pitt, I don't think they lose to Kansas, and then you're looking at a completely different start to that schedule. You're at three wins right there, and obviously beating Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, you're at five. I think that they could have had some other chances to, to get that sixth win and potentially make a bowl game and win a seventh game. You'd be feeling a lot different about Coach Brown right now if you know, you're know you thinking critical of him. I think that Neil Brown is going to end up being the right man for this job. I think he knows. Ren Baker said it. He knows he has to win games. He says all of the right things. He does a lot of the right things. He recruits pretty well. Uh, but the, the on-the-field product has got to get better, and I think that everybody knows that, including him, which is a good thing. Um, I, I think that, you know, this schedule gives them opportunity to prove people wrong, right? <laughs> Obviously, you open up, gosh, that's like eight days away, man. It's crazy. Week zero tomorrow. We're going to get into that here later in the show. But, <laughs> you know, next week this time, we're going to be sitting here, and it's going to be almost two hours on just Penn State. And, and West Virginia, uh, it's awesome to see that they're going to play Penn State. It's going to be in Happy Valley. Next year it will be here in Morgantown, which will be sweet. Um, it's going to be tough, right? They're the number seven team in the country. Penn State's a very consistent program, although Franklin can't beat Harbaugh or Day. Ten and two every year. It's good <laughs> enough to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. Hey, I'm putting it on my shirt. That's what my shirt's going to say. You know, um, oh, but The uh, SEC bias shirt? No. Franklin no. can't be day or Harbaugh. Oh, okay. It's been a Harbaugh day for Franklin. I'm saying you have that shirt on top of the SEC well, bias shirt. Yeah, I got a lot yeah. of shirts, Hamilton. Yeah. Well, what's the other ones? Give me some examples. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, no, it's all right. Brian has a really nice one. 
but I do. I do. It's a, it's a great shirt. Daniel. It's a great shirt. I think we should leave it at that. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, we'll get you guys some shirts. I'm very, I'm very, very clever. Uh, you know, I write like haikus on them sometimes. What? So I'm just saying, uh, it's just a laugh. Is that? Oh, okay. okay. So can I laugh? Right. Is that okay? Or? They open at Penn State. Mounts, you told me that you think the first half is going to be close. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about it. We, Tara and I, um, and Luke, you were there for that, right? That open practice? Or did you not make it for that? No, no I didn't make it for okay. that one. Well, then Tanner and I had the opportunity to go and actually watch one of their practices. Yeah, last practice um, we were there. Yeah, and, you know, we, we I think the kind of general consensus of everyone that was there was a pretty good viewing of the team in terms of we were pleasantly surprised. I mean, there were a lot of guys making plays. Yeah. Um, the, the, both quarterbacks looked good. I mean, we can get into that in a little bit later, but Neil, Neil Brown says that he knows he's going to start, hasn't announced it, but both of them looked pretty good. Both of them were making plays. Receivers were making plays. DBs were flying around. Like yeah. it was something that, you know, I, I was trying to, you know, just step back and get away from the awe of, you know, I'm at a D1 right, football right, right, practice right. and I'm like, all of that and just he's new to this stuff man. and yeah and, and watch well you know watch the i mean how many of you guys have been the like, that was your first time out of practice right uh at, at one of those kinds of practices yeah, yeah. but you know I, but no i get what you're saying yeah I, I i do think that it was good to see you know what i took away from it most was that this team is together and they yes. have belief which is the most important thing you can have obviously you need the guys on the field Right, and you need to have talented guys out there. But there's something to be said. You know, you could beat Texas A&M, have the number one recruiting class in the country, and go win five games because you have no belief in the locker room and your guys aren't together. And, and so, if you have that, that instantly changes what you're going to be capable of. Yeah, and I, I, I truly think the first six, seven minutes of the game in Happy Valley are going to decide so much in terms of the environment is like none other. Like they oh, yeah. are there. There's you could count maybe one or two different stadiums that have an environment like that. If that, that you're walking into week one, prime time, you know, every coach in college football talks about it. You don't have preseason games. You don't have joint practices. You practice all spring and all summer and then get thrown out week one. Go win. Like, you, you that's your first time playing a different team. Go win. And yeah. this just happens to be uh, prime time, practically a whiteout. It'll be the helmet stripe, so there'll be a little bit of blue. In Happy Valley, it's going to be difficult. I truly believe if West Virginia can weather those first seven, eight minutes, maybe try to keep the crowd out of it, maybe score first, stop Penn State from just marching down the field and getting that crowd right into it to start the season, I truly think the first half they can play with Penn State a little bit while teams kind of get worked out. Um, but, I, I mean, Penn State is the better team on paper. They, I mean, yeah, no, they've I, shown th- it. Like, no they're they're, they're 20-and-a-half-point favorites for a reason, like – I truly, I, I think the first half you could see maybe West Virginia is within a score, kind of feeling good about themselves, and then Penn State just pulls ahead with your know, physicality, um, just the skill that they have, uh, especially with their run game too. Like if they if they can get their run game going, West Virginia's gonna have a long day, which is something that Penn State is gonna have one of the best rushing attacks in the country. So that's quite the challenge to stop that. But no, I, I mean I said it. I think this is a game that they can. Come out and maybe you know I'm not saying that they're going to win anything. I, like I I think twenty and a half is a little much. Um, I, I, like I'm putting it that way. Like I I truly think this is a game that West Virginia can come out. Um, and you don't have to win this game to have confidence if you're if you're West Virginia because the quality of opponent that you're going up against. If you come out and you don't you were competitive for three and a half quarters, three quarters, and you you lose by a score or two, 
Like, you can take that and carry it forward. You just played with one of the best teams in the country in one of the toughest environments in the country week one. Uh, and I, I, I think they have the opportunity to do that. And it's nice to know that, okay, like last year, last year was like a must-win game. That's a game that if you lose coming out of that, like, you, yeah, yeah, there's you're, you're not feeling good about that. Like, there is no moral <laughs> victories in losing against Pitt. I truly think that there is one here with Penn State. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it's going to be tough. Both teams will have a starting quarterback that hasn't played a lot. It's Garrett Green for West Virginia. He does have a couple starts. Drew Aller has a couple starts. Franklin says it's a quarterback battle up there at Happy Valley. I do not believe that no, for half no. a second. But it will be Drew Aller. Jonathan Hamilton, give me your quick thoughts on this game. Um, I kind of agree with what Tanner says. I, I think that Penn State really is going to pull – away at the end I, I think the Mountaineers might be down a sc- like down a score as Tanner said in the first half but I just think like as you said the physicality is going to be in favor of Penn State and I just think that they could be like a like a really like fight for the Big Ten East this year I know we say this every year but I think at some point something's got to give I like Penn State a lot of people like Penn State. <laughs> um, and that's over the course of the season I think that they could be a team that goes and wins the Big Ten East I would love to see that uh, that would be fantastic uh brian a- any quick thoughts on this one as far as what 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 you think it could look like and then we'll dive more into what west virginia is going to pull out and bring out with them yeah i mean i definitely think it's going to be tough you know the environment in happy valley opening uh, opening weekend whatever you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one but i mean i'm not going to say west virginia doesn't have a chance you know first game of the season you just, you don't know what to expect as you said there's gonna be two quarterbacks out there who don't have a ton of experience um so, I, I, unfortunately, I do I do agree with Hamilton. I think it's going to be tough for West Virginia to get this win. I, I think Penn State's going to, yeah, you know, get the win. Yeah, Blaine. Yeah, I ultimately think Penn State's going to get the win, but I think WV will cover. I mean, even if it's eighteen, you know, so, I no, I, I agree. Yeah, but I do want to say, like, even though this is a much harder task than Week One was last year, I would almost prefer it be like this because you have. excuse me you have a week to get your feet under you to try against a legit opponent one of the best in the country and then you play duquesne which will be a much bigger change of pace and then you have Pitt, which is really the game the whole fan base like the mindset hinges on i think i think the the, a lot of fans are going to be out on the team and neil brown especially if they don't win the backyard brawl this year because i i remember if you're not two and one yeah. yeah. After the yeah. first three weeks, then you know there, there's going to be some uproar. I will say that if I get to pick which game you win, I would still take the win over Penn State. I get the rivalry, but if you're able to beat the number seven team in the country, you're going to come into week two ranked. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Oh, that's a statement. Win like for that, sure. that's yeah. a huge statement win. That'd be the biggest win in Brown's ranked career, obviously. Though? Huh? Ranked? Beating Penn I, State oh, in Happy I think Valley? So. Yeah. 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 So. Beating, beating I think number so. seven in the country in Happy Valley, I, I think that... That is probably the toughest place to play at any stadium in all of I mean, but, like... And it's going to no, be I week one. It'd be, it'd be one thing if, like, we were already somewhat of, like, a borderline. But, like, we are a team that's projected to finish last Listen, in the I, Big 12. I, I understand. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm also think that that is just absolute baloney. But, like... I mean, if you look at other upsets that have happened week one in the past, like even last year, like Appalachia State went and beat Texas A&M in, down there in Texas, did yeah. they not? No, yeah, I, like I, and I like agree. like those teams That's aren't a good counterpoint. Yeah, and like they those teams aren't getting ranked because of like all right, like they are very low to begin with. So how much of it was just an upset? Like I think I think they could 
end up being ranked for the pit game then if they go and blow Duquesne out it's like all right this is a, this is a oh, quality okay. team so no that's more of what I'm saying but yeah I don't think yeah by the time we yeah we but I don't yeah I don't if, think if you'd be ranked win, right if, after if, the Penn State game that's what I say, if you unless we unless unless West Virginia were to go and blow them out I mean I, I think it'll they'll be like 23 I don't think they're gonna no, be right. like, yeah, yeah no you know, no I'm saying you know you could you could find your way to at least get some votes to be in the top 25 after a win at Penn State week one um, but, you know, that game against Pitt's going to be something, right? Probably the most energy on campus in the last decade since LSU was here when game day was here. I think game day is going to be here. People are saying probably not. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know who else plays week three. Um, yeah, but just, but just looking at the circumstances about game day, like yeah. I, I truly believe, I think ESPN wants to be here. Uh, however, well, right. it's already scheduled to be on ABC. If they can hype up that yes. game more, yes. they're going. Yeah, to. it's it's the time slot for college game day. I believe yes. it's right. so ABC is seven. Wait, if yeah. I if I can add, yeah, what if WVU wins this game? Does it say more about WVU or Penn State? Both. I think both. It could say both. Yeah. Uh, um, so here's some of your week three, as of right now, top twenty five games. You got Kansas State and Missouri, Penn State's at Illinois. Florida State's at Boston College. LSU's at Mississippi State, so you got an SEC game there. Oregon State's at San Diego State. Georgia's playing South Carolina. Bama's playing South Florida. Tennessee and Florida's that week at 7 p.m. as well. That might be it's the probably one. probably that one or either that one or was that Washington, Michigan State? That's or another South one. Carolina, Georgia. And I don't think they'll go to South Carolina, Georgia. East, Not yeah, after they, last year. Washington's in East Lansing, yeah. That's a nice – I can't believe they still let that game happen. I guess I would think that would be like a big late. noon Saturday kind of game. Yeah, that's well, no, that's a five p.m. kick. That's probably NBC. That's that's it's Peacock. It, yeah, it, that's yeah. exact. You're exactly yeah. right. That's Peacock. Yeah. So game day won't co- go to East Lansing for that. That's something else that we're going to have to get into quite a bit. Is how much this sport has changed since we were oh, last my year gosh, in April. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Real, real quick before we jump into that, though, and staying on game day and saying that they want to. The other aspect is their now star on the set of game day right. is Pat McAfee. Right. And what would be more entertaining mm. in ESPN's mind of, you know, ESPN just had all these cuts. They had to get rid of people, yeah. I believe. What's the guy on the set? They already cut somebody from David that Paul set. David Pollard's not going to be on the Yeah, set that's right. So now they're, they're a man down. You're replacing him full-time with Pat McAfee. What is more entertaining? Is Corso coming back? Corso, Corso is going to be there for the first segment and the head the mascot at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would be better than Pat McAfee back in if, Morgantown? If, if game day was in Morgantown that week, I think McAfee would come to his show from the Mount Laird ring every single day. Like, obviously, that's not going to happen. But if he had the choice, he might. He might do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that we heard it when Ren Baker was hired. He reached out to McAfee almost immediately. That was something that hadn't been done yet, which to me is, is terrible. Yeah, because relations were were kind of hurt. Like, it's well, right. I mean, you, everybody knows what happened, right? He missed the kicks. It was terrible, but he is the most famous alumni from this university. I think that's not arguable at this point. He's one of the most important people now that West Virginia can help build a culture around. Now, there's some of that culture maybe you don't want for student athletes. <laughs> However. He helps legitimize what West Virginia is, right? Not many people talk about West Virginia really in any sort of way. And for you to have a guy that's a main head on ESPN, one of the most highest paid people at ESPN now, and Pat McAfee, their show starts next week, I think, on ESPN full time. That's an important thing that 
if you can find a way, if you're Ren Baker, to attach yourself to that, I think would be a good thing for this university. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, if you could get McAfee back here on campus, things would be crazy. And what would be better than, like, Corso lifting up the musket or something like that? Like, I don't – what would be the if – he, if he picked West Virginia, the hat. he would just put on could the, do the hat. hat. Just or I, I could see could him putting on – I feel like there is some kind of – No, like, there's not. Like, I feel like you just – It's get, like, like it's like a – like a cartoon almost. If you're, like if you're Michael Hager, you just give him the musket to fire, don't you? That's that's what I, I mean, think. If you feel like there's, there's some no approval way. thing that has to go <laughs> yeah, through out of the university relations, but <laughs> I, I could see fire it. Fire the musket. Yeah, that might be a bit. He could get he could get one of the he could get one of the hats that has Pat the beard built in. Oh, McAfee McAfee would just rip the musket out of his hand and just rip it. There will be a lot of buzz around campus, and you know we've heard from. Important U92 alumnus, we'll, we'll not name him, but, uh, you know, he, I've heard people say that campus has not been this united in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's other things that involve that, obviously. But if Neil Brown can find a way to win games, there will be a different sort of buzz around campus, one that we have not seen as students here, which I think we would all really, really love to see. Um, and obviously, you know, this is all talk, and it's like, wow – Game day could be here. Uh, but if it does come here, it will be something. And, uh, you know, and w- I mean, if w- we might have to do some work, go get some liners done, you know, Max oh yeah. listening to the United, all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, that's some <laughs> stuff for us behind <laughs> the scenes to talk about. But yeah. yeah, no, like, and the opportunity is there in that you don't even have to win week one. You just have to compete. Right. Like, it, you yes, just have is, to, you just thing. have to not embarrass yourself right. and you can take moral victories out of we just played tough against one of the best teams in one of the best environments of college football moving forward and your schedule only gets a lot easier like that is After something State, yeah, yes i i you know all right so let's like, let's talk about the schedule okay because we need to talk about west virginia football here i'm sorry to cut you off so we've talked no, about no, Penn no, State. Yeah. the duquesne game follows that up it's a five or a six o'clock kick rather here at Marlin Pushkar, and then it's the backyard brawl, which we've talked about quite a bit. Then it's Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a team yes, that is going to be good. Yeah, that's tough. I, I, you know, Luke and I, we did the MSI preview on Texas Tech last week, and I said, you know, it's kind of tough to read, but they've been continuing to get more and more buzz. I think this is a team that could potentially win the conference. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Commissioner Yormark's remarks down in Lubbock, I think it was two days ago. No, I didn't. Not to me. to no. Texas Tech uh, – Head coach's name is slipping my mind at the moment. But uh, he said he'll be in Austin at Thanksgiving. Make oh. sure you do what you did last year against Lo- uh, in Lubbock against University of Texas. And now Texas fans who are leaving the Big 12 are already saying that the game is going to be rigged for Texas Tech to beat the Longhorns in Austin in Thanksgiving as their goodbye to the Big 12. Which is just, you know, hilarious on its own right. But uh, – you know, the commissioner is buying Texas Tech to beat Texas in Week 12. I love it. I think that's awesome. <laughs> it's so, it's so dumb. But uh, Texas Tech's gonna be a good team, and they whipped West Virginia last year down. Yeah, the, no, it was old, a rough game. That was one of those games that, that in Texas, they just did not show up on the road. No, um, and it, it just an embarrassing play. Those are the games that you can't have. That you absolutely can't have. And as a head coach of like Neil Brown, you're fighting for a job, like. Those are the ones you got to show up in those environments. You at least got to put up a respectable game, yeah. um, and they failed to do that. Now, I will say, Texas Tech going to be a really good team. If you come out of your first three games playing two Power 5 opponents, one of the best teams, 
you're two and one. You competed with Penn State. You're feeling good. You're probably you if you come off a beaten pit, you're probably going to fill the stadium up again. People are going to be excited on the season. What's to say that Joe you know? McGuire, by the way, that's his name. Yeah, the head coach. Yeah. Um, what's to say that you can't then beat a Texas Tech team? Like, if you're coming into that game two and one, everyone's like the excitement on the season is going to be super high. You just beat Pitt. You know this West Virginia team plays a lot better at home. What's to say that you can't beat Texas Tech then? Then you have the whole season in front of you. That's what, like where we keep talking about this opportunities in front of you. Like if you start the season two and one, you have the whole conference play in front of you there. Well, what's to say that you can't win three, four more games? Like that's all you need for a bowl game. What's to say you can't win five more? Like it's no, I agree. Everything is right there. Um, um, and Texas Tech, yeah, that's going to be a really, really tough game because they're they're returning a lot of people. Like you said, they're one of the favorites to win the conference, but yeah. you, you get them at home this year. Like you get them at home, they were a team that they stomped all over you last year. You know there could be some overlooking there in terms of all right, we 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 killed this team last year. Like the opportunities for this football team this year cannot be understated. No, so that game, the game start time has not been announced for that yet either. Uh, that's followed by TCU on the road, then Houston on the road on a Thursday, where they'll see Dana Holgerson once again. Oklahoma State after the bye, it will be at home on a Saturday again. Not announced with the start time there. They beat Oklahoma State last season. Central Florida on the road. Then you have BYU at home. Uh, your last game against Oklahoma in conference play on the road after that. Cincinnati uh, for the home finale, and then Baylor. So Mounts is right. The opportunity is there for this team. Brian, what do you want to see from them after the first three weeks of the season? I mean, you guys are saying it right. It's all in front of them. Uh, well, before we – well, just kind of answer that question. I, I just think that for this team, I think the the run game is going to be like a staple point. So I think if they, um, you know, get the run game going early and have that confidence going into week four and the rest of the season, that will be huge for them. The only problem is, like, in the Big 12, you have to you have to throw the ball. It's a high-scoring league. Um, but I, I do think that, um, you know, the first three games are really going to set the tone. I, the first game, Happy Valley, that's going to set the tone for the season. As and, and as Mounts was saying, if they can go into Happy Valley and just, you know, be competitive and really, you know, not just get blown out, which I, I think they're going to be competitive. I think that'll set the tone for the rest of the year because you saw it last year, you know, that pit game really looked like it took the soul out of this team just because of the circumstances that happened in that game, being so close but losing. So I, I think that it's going to really just come down to, like, how they start uh, Well, next Saturday. I think it's going to set the tone for the year. Hammy, what about you, sir? I think I two mean, it's all been said, right? But I think most of it's been said. Uh, I think two and one. I think – you're probably not going to get the Penn State game. And I, as Tanner mentioned earlier, maybe some moral victories in that game. But um, if you can beat Pitt, that would just be amazing, I think, for, for the morale. Um, and then you just you got to pick off some games in the Big 12. I mean, that, that's all what it comes down to. Like I said, I think it's mostly all been said before. But um, just that moral, that moral high ground victory, I think, against Penn State. You know, you take care of Duquesne, and then you go into – Pitt feeling confident that you can avenge last year's like tough loss. Sounds good to me. Uh, Luke, you said that to me last week, and it's all I've could been able to think about at this point is this team has the ability to establish an identity for uh, mm. something that which they were not able to do last season. They're not really able to do with Jared Davey at quarterback either. But if they're able to establish a run game identity, they're going to be able to control the pace in a lot of these games, and I think that's important. They're going to be able to control the pace, and they're going to have something unique that not a lot of teams are doing anymore. All across football, I mean, pro, college, they are trying to run more air raid offenses, 
and I think WVU has the opportunity to do that too. There's a very diverse receiver core in terms of ability. You have Ronnie Gallagher, who's a speed guy. You have Devin Carter, who's a big guy who can just go up and get it. But you also have a running back room that is diverse as well. You have, of course, everybody knows and loves C.J. Donaldson, just ground and pound. Uh, But you also have guys like Jaheim White and Jalen Anderson, who are both very capable running backs. Neil Brown has been very high on Jaheim White all summer and even through fall camp as well. So if and you have a mobile quarterback in Garrett Green, if you can find ways to incorporate read option, RPO, triple option, whatever, you can you can fool a lot of defenses. And like you said, you can control the game on your own terms, control the clock, and you can score, I think. And an an identity is something that this WVU football team really hasn't had, I don't think, on offense. I I don't think we can look at any single year and be like, oh yeah, they like to do this. And uh, other than just throw it up to their best receivers who were, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton and whoever else was there. But I really do think they have a perfect opportunity to establish a run game identity here. I think that would be important. And one of the be- one of the probably one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the Big Twelve. Yeah, you're right about that. Any final yeah. thoughts on this West Virginia team? We're obviously going to discuss them quite a bit, but uh, just a little preview there for you. Yeah, now you can. We'll probably end up discussing them more Monday, our next show, Wednesday night. We have our first sport night, uh, sports page, so you can discuss it then. Brian and I doing a show Wednesday mornings. Oh, we are. Yeah, yeah. that's in the morning at yeah, 9 to 10. We'll discuss it. Then. Yeah, he's going to be my co-host, co-host for that. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. wow. So, yeah, I'm excited, yeah, man. You know, uh, to the lot hey, more football listen, coming. Listen, I'll tell you this. Thank you for getting that boy on a schedule, okay? Brian? Yes. Are you talking about me? What is yes, it? Yes, I am. What do you mean? Like, no, I'm just thinking those. Give me your routine. I have a routine, though. Listen. Your dad would be so disappointed in you wearing these Crocs right now. I'm not wearing he Crocs. Listening. He's not wearing Crocs. Okay, no. <laughs> Listen. All right. Brian is going to be wearing Crocs at some point this year. No, he's not. And then not. he will be disowned. I don't think Brian's planning on doing that. Brian's <laughs> not wearing a white shirt today. What's I know. Going on? I, do, I know that, right? Isn't I, that I think this is the first day I'm not, to be honest with you. He's got that on rotation. That's a routine. That right? is a routine. See, he gets it. Yeah, gets it's it. something. All right, we're going to hit a break here. It's Beat the Clock on WWVU FM Morgantown. When we come back, we're talking more college football. Morning, morning. Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page, Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussions. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. Have you been missing out on quality sports content? Don't look any further than right here at U92 The Boost. Wednesday night, 6 to 10, it's the sports page. You know, the defense kind of gets lackadaisical. Man. Obviously. That's a big word, Brian. Yeah, I don't know how to spell it, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means, Sean? Lackadaisical? I don't even know what it means. It just sounded right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last day, uh, they get lax in their they, effort. They get lax? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Missed it? Don't worry. Subscribe to the podcast and at U92TheMoose.com. Do you like sports? How about a new perspective on it? It's the Sparta New Year podcast with myself, U92 Sports Director, Tanner Labor, and my good friend from Michigan State, Ethan Hunter. We talk about everything from the NHL to pizza, college basketball, and golf, and whatever deep dive we have for you this week. 
It's the Spartan Air, a cross between East Lansing and Morganton, with roots in Columbus. Join us weekly as we discuss and laugh about what's happened. Find it on your preferred podcast platform by searching the Spartan Air or at unitedtothemoose.com. That's S-P-A-R-T-A-N-E-E-R. Spartan Air. It's Sarah Bates now. Two seconds on the shot clock. She's got to throw one up. Hits the rim and she hits it. Sarah Bates from deep. U92 The Moose, home of West Virginia women's basketball, right here on 91.7, with pregame, halftime, and postgame analysis of every Mountaineer home matchup. She gets a screen from Watson, now kicks it over in the well corner. It's open for Danny Nichols at the buzzer. She hits it. Danny Nichols, 56 to 48, West Virginia. Great ball movement there. What a play by the Mountaineers. Join the sports staff for all the coverage here on 91.7. Sore for the next you didn't years. like it? <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan? Uh, no. I, I actually liked it. Like, hey, thank you, Brian. Yeah. I appreciate that. Teach me your ways, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's Beat the Clock here on G92. This segment's going to be a little interesting as Hamilton and I are both going to have to step out, but uh, that's all right. The NFL is where we're going to go instead of college football. We're going to go back to college football at around 930 at that break. But, uh, hey, plan the parade. Oh God! I'm just letting you know oh gosh. right now. Plan the parade. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on booking a booking a flight down to Nashville for it. I'm oh, really excited. Oh. Oh. Okay, right. Well, see, now that's just a stupid statement. But <laughs> 24 nothing last night. You celebrate six in and eleven boy? at the Mercedes Benz, whatever the, the heck Homer, it's called. Man. Oh. A home man. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Homer, Listen, man. Plan the parade. Five for five this preseason. Kenny Pickett. Touchdown. Preseason though. Preseason. I'm just saying. Hey, no pre- quarterback has looked better in the preseason than Kenny Pickett. Because not all quarterbacks have played. Well, that's, that's their fault. <laughs> Tomlin's ready to go. I Mike Tomlin's changing things up. He didn't even wear a hat. He's yesterday. playing against rookies. If, no, if, if, every, if every team's first team for, offense, hold on, hold on. if every team's first team offense went against every other team's third team defense, that I think they'd look pretty Listen, good, too. They were three for three against the Bills' first team defense, and the Bills' first team offense was 0 for 2 against the Steelers' first team defense. Okay, yeah. listen, I'm just saying. Super Bowl, that's hey, what that means. plan the parade. Ben Mackey would be saying the same thing, wouldn't he, Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, Kenny Pickett, like, he looks like a god right now. <laughs> there we go. That's what we were looking for on this Friday morning, a little Ben Mackey impersonation. I think it's going to happen. Plan the parade. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, Steelers do look good, okay? But uh, the rest of the league, it's going to be a fun year in the NFL, uh, you know, like, what we, you know, like 2015 was a really fun year. Everybody liked, I think, you know, when the Denver offense with Manning was like back and humming a little bit. That was a really fun season. 
Uh, no, do you not agree? I with think that? I think 2016. 2016 was, was better. Yeah, that was the Odell season. That okay. was Cam Newton. Yeah. The Broncos defense was good that year. Right. Miller. That's when they that's won the Super Bowl against the Panthers and yeah. went 14 and two. Yeah. But, but I think there's a lot of buzz about this season. This AFC is going to be incredible. The NFC, however, eh. enjoy it, Brian. That the Eagles are just fly, gonna baby, fly. It. They're going to walk through it. Oh, wait, are we gonna walk, like, oh, the yeah. NFC is just not going to be very interesting. Oh, we got that revamped run you, game. You're going to have like a 7-9 commander's team in the playoffs. <laughs> like it, It's just going to be stupid. Hey, we can only control what we can control. Eight, eight, nine, All right, Tanner. What? We can only control what we can control. Yeah. No, I understand. I'm just, the AFC, though. Hey, we get the parade in Philly, though. That's what I'm saying. <sighs> okay. The AFC, the AFC is going to See, now that's forward. a realistic statement. Thank you. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to get to your team here in a second. That John. I'm not saying playing a parade no, for my no, team. No, no, no. I'm just saying. All right, so I would say in the AFC North, everybody has their quarterback. The AFC East, three or four teams have their quarterback, I would say. At least long-term, the plan is. Yeah, long-term. Long-term. The AFC South, two teams have their quarterback, I would say. I would say all four. Franchise quarterbacks at all four teams in the AFC South? Well, I mean, like, they have the guy they're confident in. Yeah, but no, I'm saying like long term ten year plan. Stroud's supposed to be in Houston. Oh yeah, well I would Lawrence say will be in Jacksonville. I I don't know about you in Tennessee. If Anthony Richardson ends up being good, then the Colts are good. Yeah, but right now good. two of four teams, and then the AFC West three of four yeah. teams. I would be teams. absolutely shocked if after Ryan Tannehill's done, which I'll give him another year or two, I think, if Levis or Malik Willis aren't the guy of the future. Okay. That that's I feel like that would just be the biggest blown opportunity of all time. Fair enough. So but in the line of thinking, you have over half of the league on that side of the league that has a franchise guy in their opinion that have aspirations to make the playoffs and make a run. I don't know the last time the a a lead or what a, a conference was so dominant over the other as far as how many talented teams are in it with quarterbacks that are ready to go. But it's going to be a bloodbath in the AFC. And then on the NFC side, you've got at least one team in every division that you think could probably just walk away with it. And then after that, it's going to be like, okay, who's making the playoffs? And it's going to be some wild card teams that are maybe good, maybe not so good, that are going to get in. But I, I think that it's going to be an exciting year. Uh, you want to go division by division mounts here, or what are we thinking? Well, I mean, I guess we, I guess we could start with that. Um, I wouldn't. Let's start with the NFC because you okay. said that there's one team in each. I think there's one team in each. I, I'm not. We'll start. We'll, we'll jump right in. We'll jump okay. right into the NFC East. Let's okay. just jump because that's where I was going to talk about. I'm not like there has not been a repeat winner since what 2004. Correct. Since the division yep. started. Yeah. The Eagles won like, three times in a row. Yeah. yeah like yeah. there hasn't. I'm, I'm just not. The Eagles have lost some key pieces that made them so dominant last year. On top of that, they won. I think was it five one score games, like. Those are things. Look at what the Vikings did. Like the Vikings, obviously, aren't going to be as good as they were last year. That's a, all the one-score games that they won. Like it's hard to replicate. That's winning. a positive stat, though. Like winning people always say, games. winning close games is like, oh, like they're barely winning. Like that no, means you have grit. Like you're yes, winning no. these tough games. And it, it, that that's one aspect of it. But it's it's tough to do that season over season, is what I'm saying. No, In terms of you were you were a couple possessions away last year from being three losses worse. Like. So you, you, you take that on top of you now lose a couple pieces on the defense. You know and Their I, offensive they, line lost a couple pieces. Yeah, like, yeah. like they, I mean, they're still going to be good. Don't get me wrong. They're still one There's of the favorites questions, for the but team. I think it's their division to lose. It I, is. I, it's 100% their division to lose, but I'm not willing to say just now that it's a runaway. They're the 
absolute like this is this is obvious like i dallas is gonna do what dallas does dallas will win their nine ten games whatever they do (laughs) and like if the eagles the eagles very well could win 13 14 games again but again you take those five one score games four one score games flip three of them the other way all of a sudden now you got a tight race for the division fair enough no i okay all right that's just my i was kind of saying long-term right no yeah right is where my mind was at but if we're talking strictly this season okay that's fine i'm there with you they're still my pick to win it all but i'm like i'm win the super bowl no 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 to win the division sorry and i they're probably going to come out of the nfc depending on what Brock Purdy puts up in a whole season, but I don't buy that. I mean, well, but sorry. we have to see. We'll get into that one in a little bit. Yeah. We'll have to see with that. But no, they're my pick to win that division. Then I'll probably go Dallas, and I think the Giants have a pretty good year again too. Like I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he does a lot of things well. I don't think he's someone that's gonna like lead you to a Super Bowl, but he's not gonna be someone that also loses you a Super Bowl game. He's like, not an air raid guy, but he was no, but no, but he makes winning plays. He does right things, but, and their defense wait, also their got a lot players? better. Yeah. Yep. Right, and, like, I, and I like their defense. It's underrated yes. with Wink Martindale. Yeah, I, I think got, I think he's a I think he's an underrated. They just DC. got Isaiah Simmons too. Yeah. Dude, like it's, that, that's a great trade. Seventh round pick for Isaiah yeah, Simmons. Underrated trade. Yeah, Caleb Williams said he might not go to the league. If he has to go to Arizona, I would not go to the league. I don't think that's a terrible. Like Peyton Manning did it. If I'm Caleb Williams, I would be perfectly fine staying at Southern Cal rather than going to play in that Cardinals organization. That, but that. Uh, that would be the funniest thing ever <laughs> if he decides not to. After oh, no. after oh, Arizona Kyler Cardinals sell their happy. soul for it. <laughs> no, the Kyler Murray might get traded this season for nothing. If they're tanking like they are right now, I could see They'll it. They'll trade him for a fifth-round pick. Get that contract off the book. Somebody take a flyer on him. Like if Tua, I would say a third. Well, if Tua goes down and they're able to work it out, well, I think a fifth, if you take the entire contract too, is going to do it. Um, but that's going to be interesting. So we'll have to see what happens there. i got to step away, but I'll be yeah. right back. No. Um, I gotta go for good. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I miss you, buddy. Do you guys have anything on the NFC East? You too. I mean, I'll say this: the Eagles' schedule this year is way more it's difficult. Tough, dude. They got it's they tough. got a span where they play the Chiefs, Bills, Niners, and then the Cowboys. Obviously, yeah. Like it, it's gonna be tough. But you, gotta, you start in New England Week One too. Like that's yeah. Like, yeah. That, that it's the schedule is. It's not going to be easy. Last year they, they had York, a favorable schedule. In Kansas City, yeah, you get, you get the host of 49ers, but that's still a tough one. In Seattle, I think Seattle could have a very yeah. good year. Like it's it, it's not a very favorable schedule for the Eagles this season. But do you have anything on the NFCs, Blaine? The Blaine uh, No, I can't add anything that hasn't yeah. already been yeah. said. So then we'll move on to the NFC North. We'll kind of walk right through them. Um, this is a division that I think got a lot better. Um, and now you, you, you lose Aaron Rodgers out of that division, and it is suddenly wide open for a lot of teams that have a lot of hope. You know, you got to think the Vikings probably don't have the season that they had last year. They, again, like the Eagles, lose a lot of key pieces, and they were one that won a lot of games in a lot of crazy ways that pulled uh, stuff um, out of nowhere and pulled wins out of nowhere. So I think they drop back a little bit. I think they're still probably the favorite to win the division. But if Justin Fields has a good year, they put some weapons around him, um, they can be competitive. The Lions could are another team that they just keep getting more experience. Jared Goff keeps getting more experienced. Um, you got to love what Dan Campbell's doing there in Detroit. Uh, your guys' thoughts on this division? Because it is kind of neck and neck for me right now. I want to say last year I made 
a sleeper pick of a team whenever we were doing this on a sports night. And I won't be there for sports night next week, so i got to get it out now. My sleeper pick for somebody who I probably – not somebody that I think can win the division, but a team who I think is going to surprise a lot of people is the Chicago Bears. <coughs> yep. I Last year it was the Seahawks. I was mocked yep. on the air. I don't know if either you were you there, Brian? No, but I think I remember you saying. Yeah, this. no, I I tell the story all the time. I I'm like I was like, listen, man, Seahawks can have a good year, and then they were like, whoa, it acted like it was the most outlandish thing ever, mm-hmm. and then look what they did this year. I'm saying the Bears are going to do that same thing, because you look at the pieces that they've been adding, DJ Moore getting, uh, Justin Fields a true number one receiver, <laughs> is very important, and they did that. And I think they're poised to go out there and win. And this schedule is pretty favorable. They're playing the NFC South. The NFC South, I don't think, is going to be very good this year. I think that we can all agree that they're not poised for success in the slightest. Um, And then on the AFC side, you have the AFC West. You have Vegas, where who knows what's happening there. Who knows if Josh Jacobs is going to be on the roster or who even their quarterback is. Is it Garoppolo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up a lot. because well, I know he failed his physical. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, but he played yeah. in the preseason game, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So you have that. I think that they're poised to go on a run, and I think they can compete with these other NFC North teams. Yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Lane, because I, I do think, um, I do think the Bears do win the division. I think that team goes as far as Justin Fields takes them. Uh, from the limited t- time I saw him playing in this preseason, I thought he looked pretty well. He had that. 70-yard pass touchdown, yeah, it was a screenplay. But I think they're putting weapons around him with DJ Moore. And um, I, I, I do think that, uh, the, as I said, they're going to go as far as Justin Fields takes them. And I think this is going to be the big year for him. I think, could be a, I, I think he'd be a dark horse for MVP as well. I think yeah. he's going to yeah, put up. I think he'll definitely be in the conversation. I think he's going to put up similar, not similar, not a similar season as Jalen Hurts had last year. But I'll, I, I think he'll, you know, kind of show like, I don't know, like, yeah, he's, he's almost—he's yeah. almost certain to rush for a thousand yards. I, yeah, I think he's going to be a dark. I don't know if dark horse is right, yeah. but I think he's going to be in the running for MVP. And I think the Bears are going to be more competitive than they have been probably the last what five, seven years. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, it's going to be yeah, probably since the double doink. What was that? Twenty sixteen. Yeah, no, it was no, twenty. No, yeah, twenty nineteen. That's when they played. It was oh, when, they, was it was when the, the Eagles won it all. Was that? No, it was when they, the Eagles lost to the Saints that year. Yeah, that, oh, they, they did. It was, yeah. it was the year after they, they won, won the Super Bowl. That's when. uh that the yeah, it was Mitch Trubisky was the guy, uh, yeah. yeah. But no, so I mean, I, I think the Bears are going to be a really fun team to watch. Yeah. I kind of agree with you guys on that one. But how, moving on, to, wait, how many know. years of like solid football do we think? Uh, shoot, quarterback, we were Justin Fields. Yeah, shoot, name totally slipped my mind there. How many years of just solid quarterback play do we think he needs to have? Where if we think he can, like, we're I think we're all in agreement that he can have a really good year this year. How many years of that do we think he needs before we can start calling him the best quarterback the Bears have ever had? Because I think if you look historically, the Bears probably have had the worst mm-hmm. history of quarterbacks. Like if, if like one guy that stands out, Jay Cutler. That's the guy. If I he was can thinking. take him to an NFC Championship game, I think he's already in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because but I mean, Mitch Trubisky took him on a big season run, but but they did, lost in the first he, round. Yeah, he yeah. did that by being a facilitator yeah he's not your superstar you know run all over you throw it deep guy like he's not your flashy quarterback mm-hmm. i genuinely believe justin fields has the potential to like yeah. take the mantle as yep. the best quarterback they've ever had 
I don't disagree at all. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting question to ask. Something to keep your eye on for sure. But moving on to the NFC South, we've already kind of touched on that. I think this is going to be the worst conference mm-hmm. in football, uh, or worst division, I should say. I, I think the Saints win it. I think the, like it's the clear pick. They get Derek Carr. Um, you have Michael Thomas coming back. I think they have weapons. It'll be interesting to see what Bryce Young does there down in Carolina. But your guys' thoughts on this one? I think this is a clear runaway for the Saints. I mean, the Falcons, I think the Falcons put up a respectable season, probably finished second, but I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts yeah. on this one? I mean, uh, I'll make it quick because I know Blaine, Blaine – uh, no, I don't know. I'll just make it quick. But because uh, uh, no, because I, I, I agree with what Mounts is saying. But uh, I, I think I think the Falcons do have a chance. The only question is really at quarterback with Desmond Ritter. I don't know how far you know they're going to go with him at the helm. I think their run game. I I don't know if I'm, I'm as sold on Bijan Robinson as most people are. Yeah. You know, you see the top draft picks of running backs. They don't always pan out. You know, maybe he could. But uh, I I honestly do. I agree with Mounts. I do think the Saints uh, are going to win the division. I think is Derek Carr going to be the guy. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, uh, no, you yeah. don't sign that contract for him. Though. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I don't know. I always, I always was a fan of Jameis Winston, but I don't know. I don't uh, know. I, dude, I love Jameis. So. Yeah. yeah, I, I think, I think he's so underrated. He but. could be a starter on plenty of other NFL teams. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Because well, before he got hurt, it tore his ACL. They were like four and one, five and zero, oh or something. But he yeah, was he was up. leading them to a solid year. Yeah, that and happened. and then he got the injury and just never. They didn't. He didn't play after that, so right. that was unfortunate. But yeah, I do agree. I think the Saints win that division. Yeah, I I would have to go with you. I think the Falcons will put up a fight, but I think I think that the floor for the Falcons is second because mm-hmm. I think that they've put together a good roster. Um, the Bucks are just falling apart, yeah. man. Outside of Mike Evans, that team is pretty abysmal. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're bottom of the mm-hmm. NFC South, which makes you wonder: could this be the last year for Mike Evans in Tampa Bay? I don't think he has the longevity left in his career for a rebuild yeah. like yeah. the Bucks are about to go through. Yeah. Um, but then you have the Panthers. I think the Panthers will respectively, respectably finish third. I mean, I think there's. I like what they're doing there, though. They yeah. got they got weapons there. They yeah. got the Saint Thielen. They they're like a year Miles or two Sanders. away from yeah. from making like if Bryce Young can have a good rookie season, build on that, then I think that it'll be. I think that it'll be good. Yeah, uh, the NFC West is really just a. You have maybe the two worst teams in football. Um, yeah. It's just a two man race. The 49ers are still the 49ers, one of the best rosters uh, outside of the quarterback position, which is a pretty tough position to not be strong at. However, that's what the 49ers find themselves in. With Brock Purdy, they announce as the starter. Sam Darnold's going to be the backup, and they're exploring trade options for Trey Lance. So the Trey Lance experiment in Fort San Francisco has come to an end, which is kind of wild to me. I like the 49ers to win this division again. I think they just have the best roster, the best defense. Um, Shanahan is insane you know you could throw it you probably me at quarterback there and he'd find <laughs> plays to make it work like, like he, he he's gonna put brock birdie in situations to win however seattle i think is gonna have an even better year than they had last year i think geno smith takes another step forward now that he's kind of got a whole full season under his belt again he has the confidence you got weapons another weapon now mm-hmm. i think jackson smith and jigba is going to be phenomenal in the nfl plus now who do you cover because you have two deep threats in Lockett and Jackson DK. Smith and Jigba that you can't let get behind you. Then you have a D, uh, just a unit in DK Metcalf oh, yeah. that you now really can't double cover anymore because they have two other guys, um, let alone Kenneth Walker is going to be taking another oh, step forward gosh. coming off an injury. Like This th- this is Seattle team that's going to be looking to not only be uh, better this year, but in years to come. I think they make noise in the NFC for maybe two, three more years. 
but I do like San Francisco winning a close battle in the NFC West here. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think it could be within a game or two, but I think the Seahawks are going to put up much more of a fight. I mean, you look at the games that the Seahawks and Niners played in last year, the Niners were pretty like cut and dry, the winners of those games. Didn't mm-hmm. leave much doubt on the field. But I do think while the Seahawks are taking steps forward, I think the 49ers are as well. You know, I think they're getting comfortable with this new offense and the amount of weapons they have over there. I mean, it is a quarterback's dream to have a receiving back like McCaffrey, and then you have Kittle, who's a top three tight end, and you have Debo Samuel. That's just a ridiculous uh, weapon core. But, yeah, I I would say 49ers. Yeah, I I obviously agree. I think the Niners are definitely a favorite in this division. As uh, as Blaine was saying, they they have a, they have a, they have some great weapons over there. Obviously, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, obviously McCaffrey when he's healthy is one of the, one of the best, if not the best, running back in the league. Uh, so again, I don't think it matters too much. Like I think Purdy, I'm not sold on Purdy, but he he kind of just does what he has to do to get the team to win. That's what he did last year. So again, I, I think it'll be close. Um, the Seahawks, I like what the Seahawks are doing. As I said, they have those they have those weapons around Geno Smith, who had a Pro Bowl season last year. So. Um, yeah, I think the Niners are going to take that division. Yep. All right, so that's the NFC. Do we have an early NFC champion prediction? I think the Eagles get it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, but Eagles. I don't know, man. The Eagles have lost so many pieces defensively Yeah. where yeah. I'm not sure they can bring that. To, I mean, of course, the offense, I think, could be enough to sustain them in the long run, but I think that really, you know, the offense can't, score every drive yeah. that's well, not going to yeah. happen and also like you sign hurts to that contract that massive contract you know you're gonna yeah. you know you're gonna lose you're not gonna be able to re- keep everybody back so that, that's what hurt mo- most about the super bowl losses because rightfully so jalen hurts deserved to get paid but i just knew you know given that big contract you're not gonna have room to fill out other positions and obviously you know you're gonna need a good defense to compete because you, your offense you know you need defense wins championships so yeah. I, no, again I, I do think the eagles win the, the i think the niners could do it i really do yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. Well, moving on to the AFC, we'll save the AFC North for when Mr. Lambert gets back here. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about playing in that parade um, because the Steelers are 3-0 and in the preseason. They have looked pretty good. But we'll start with the AFC East here, uh, the home of my Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is, to me, the best division in football. I think this, this year you don't have a bad team in the conference. Um, I think the Patriots – if the Patriots are the worst team in your conference, it's a pretty good com- or division. Excuse me, uh, that's a pretty good division. I think Miami, if Tua can stay healthy, Miami is probably another playoff team, probably a bottom team. Uh, Buffalo, you know what they got. I think Buffalo takes a step back though. I'm not, I'm not too high on Josh Allen. I think he's someone that turns the ball over a little too much. I think he makes mistakes in in absolute key positions where you have to be, you have to be perfect. Um, and then we, we got to see what the Jets put together. I think that's going to be a really exciting team to watch. That defense is going to be one of the best in the NFL. They've got weapons all over the field now. They have Brees Hall coming back. You have one of the best quarterbacks of all time. The offensive line, if they can stay healthy, they've had those issues. It's a fairly decent offensive line. Um, Garrett Wilson is ready to take another step. I think he's going to be one of the stars of the NFL in terms of wide receivers, especially with um, – Aaron Rodgers, you know how much he loves to just force feed his favorite receivers. Oh, Look yeah. at what he did with Devontae Adams, just handing him the ball over and over again in, in space, making him uh, make plays. I think you're going to see that with Garrett Wilson here. I think this is going to be a really fun division, but uh, I mean, this one's tough to pick. I think the Jets have the highest ceiling out of all of them, but just out of the safety net, I think the Bills are just 
not going to lose that many games. Like you know what you're getting with Buffalo, so I'll pick them to win the division again. I would I would say the Bills. I'm kind of wary on the Jets. You know, very rarely do these seasons happen. I guess where like the Rams a couple years ago, right, where you just throw a bunch of superstars together and they get it done. I remember people thought that that was what was going to happen with the Cleveland Browns back when you know they brought in Odell. They brought in, you know, several new pieces, but it took a year for those pieces to mesh. Like, they didn't get it done that year, but the next year they made the AFC Championship in a game they very well could have won. And I I don't know. I could see the Jets easily finishing second. I do believe that. I am i don't know if either of y'all have seen any of the preseason football that Miami's played, but, man, two looked pretty bad in the, in, that, uh, mm. in the one game against the Texans, at least. I'm really worried about him with the head injuries, and I, a lot of people are saying he should retire, which I don't, I, I think, I, I trust him to make decisions based on what's best for him and his health, but it does, at some, it, there were, it did not look good last year, I'll just leave it at that, and I do kind of worry about him going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys hit on all the points. But I, I, my pick is the Bills. I mean, kind of see it the last couple of years. Josh Allen's always been pretty well, pretty good in the regular season. And then you saw the playoff loss where they lost to, you know, Tanner Mounts' Dolphins. Um, but I, I think Diggs, you know, they still have Diggs, obviously. Uh, and also, I didn't really love the Dalvin Cook signing. I mean, I was a Brees Hall fan, obviously. I think Zonovan, Zonovan, Zonovan Knight, I think his name is, right? They have Like, they have weapons. I, I don't know. I didn't really love that signing. I mean, I, the reason I don't minded is because you don't know what you're going to get with Brees Hall from the ACL yeah. injury. That's true. So I guess that, that gives you a chance for him to slowly work his way back up into like full speed, yeah. full season. You have a, a, a veteran like Dalvin Cook who can, you know, carry that workload for the first part of the season. And then, you know, if Brees Hall does emerge as what we saw last year, if not better, mm-hmm. then that's where you kind of start to put that where that signing looks a little rough. But it just I think it's just because you don't know what you're getting from Brees yeah. Hall. Yeah, and I also I also feel like, you know, I, going into the last couple of years, it's always like Josh Allen MVP. That's that's always like that's what people are always saying. Not saying he's the favorite, but it's like when is Josh Allen going to take that next step? So, I think there's questions on both the Bills and the Jets. I think the safe pick probably is the Bills, just because the Jets are like this new team that really just forming together. But I I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets do win that division. My pick would be the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, um, but I think that's going to be the most fun uh, division. The next two before Mr. Lambert gets back are pretty self-explanatory, I believe, in the AFC South and the AFC West. We'll start with the AFC West because that one's really quick. Um, I think teams do get a little bit better. I, I, I like the Chargers and some of the offseason moves that they made um, helping out um, Justin Herbert. And wow, his name almost blanked on me. I think Russell Wilson has a better year with the Broncos, so I think they're a little bit better. Um, the Raiders, I think, are one of the worst teams in the NFL this year, if I'm going to be honest. But other than that, I mean, obviously Kansas City is probably winning this division. Yeah, I don't know anybody that would ever uh, pick yeah. against them. But, um, that I mean, that one's pretty quick there. The AFC South gets a little more interesting. Again, we kind of touched on it earlier. If Anthony Richardson can be good, the Colts are going to be a really good football team. It's just it's, it's hard to pick a rookie mm-hmm. to win a division. Uh, you, you just don't see it that often, especially with a team like Jacksonville where – you have Trevor Lawrence, who I think is going to be taking steps forward. You saw what he did in the second half of that playoff game last year yeah. against the Chargers, where it was just he looked like he was like a ten-year vet at that point, and he's always kind of looked like that from college on. He's always had that poise yeah. and that 
um, that that pocket awareness and that that down downfield threat. I think he takes another step forward. They have weapons all around him as well. So I think they win that division. But I like the Colts uh, to make some noise if Anthony Richardson can be good because that roster around him. But uh, the other thing I want to talk about, just because you know I'm a Ohio State homer, is C.J. Stroud, and I do think that he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year because I think he's going to be a great pick. Um, he looked good in preseason. That accuracy uh, is what I was worried about would be different from college to the NFL. I feel like sometimes that's what you see uh, in preseason. Like you can't always tell in terms of you know talent or being able to read a defense or you know they're going up. It's preseason, but. The accuracy is something that you can always look for, and he was super accurate. Maybe not his first start, but the next uh, one, he was he, he looked really good, and I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think uh, <clears throat> my pick are definitely the Jags to win the division. I think I remember watching that playoff game against the Chargers where I think, what, did he throw four picks, Trevor Lawrence, or something like something crazy like that? Mm-hmm. And you always He never really lost his composure. I think that game showed every reason why he's that franchise quarterback. And I think probably not getting talked about enough is Calvin Ridley coming back. So they got, yeah. as you said, they have weapons around him. I think, again, he can make a case for MVP. I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and, you know, this is probably one of the weaker divisions in the NFL. Um, and the Jags got that playoff taste. So I, I think it's safe to say, for me, I think the Jaguars win that division. I don't think it's as cut and dry as a lot of people think it's going to be. I personally think the Jags are getting a little bit too much hype at this point. And listen, call me a Titans homer. I, I do hate the Jags, I will say that, but I'll give credit where credit's due. They took advantage of last season where the Titans pretty much handed them the division. I mean, the Titans were 7-3 and three and then lost seven straight. But I think you look at that last game of that season, the Jags barely beat a, just a beaten-up, injury-ridden Titans team that was led by Josh Dobbs, who has now seen two different NFL rosters in that time span. And I still think... Ryan Tannehill is going to be perfectly fine. I think he'll be fine. Perfectly fine. I think he'll be fine for what this offense needs because he's he always has been. He was the guy who was thrown to. But eight. this offense keeps getting worse. He, I don't know. It's better than last year. The offense. I mean, Derrick Henry just keeps declining, keeps getting no, hurt. No, I'm dude. a big Derrick does, Henry he guy. Does, he doesn't keep getting hurt. He got hurt once, and he bounced back Isn't from this, it. I thought this was two straight years that he's gotten hurt, and he's missed a couple weeks. No, I don't think he missed last year. No, last year he missed a couple weeks. I don't – not that I remember. Was it two years ago that he had that foot thing? Yeah, two years ago. I don't know. Two man. years ago I mean, he had the foot thing. I Tra- – Burks, you know, got hurt in the preseason – Chigakonkwo is going to be one of the biggest breakout names in the NFL this year. I firmly believe that. He's picking the Titans to win the division. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm, hey, not so I'm not outright picking them. I think it's going to be close. I could listen, see it going while, either while way. While I was gone, let me ask this: Did we plan the parade? Are we no, good there? We, we saved, saved the division it for you. Man. Okay, so we saved that division for me. I'm not hearing about the Titans. Anymore. The Titans. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> listen, hold on now, pal. Listen, we're going to move to the AFC North because we got to do these college football picks. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm Tanner. I'm back. I'm welcoming myself back. I'm like Quentin Williams. Bless you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thank you for understanding that reference. I appreciate that. I love that video. Um, all right. The AFC North, class of the AFC. Here's the deal. I do not buy Baltimore whatsoever. You can say whatever you want about them. The only two times Lamar. He's going to pick them to win the division. No, I'm not. The only time. Well, I might. The only time. I might tuck myself into it right now. The only time that Lamar has beaten the Steelers is when Duck Hodges was quarterback and Mason Rudolph was quarterback. 
and then he's missed three of the other games. Lamar's not going to stay healthy. I don't buy the Ravens. Although I do think that their offense is going to be very dynamic with Todd Monk and one of the best offensive coordinators in the country at either level of football. The Bengals are tough to read. The Bengals are my pick for the division if Joe plays week one. If Joe does not play till week five like Jamar Chase hinted at, that's going to be a problem for Cincinnati. It's going to be a problem for my fantasy team, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do we think, like, would you rather have a full-strength Joe Burrow after week five, or would you rather have him go and they're not 100% week okay, one? Okay, well, here's the deal. I agree with what you're saying, right? I was yeah. telling Mounts about it last night. Joe came in after not playing training camp all of last year after the appendectomy and had five turnovers against the Steelers week one, and they lost that game. Their schedule is very easy. They have one game against Cleveland, then it's like Houston and Atlanta's in their week five. It's not great. They could maybe get by, but their starter will be Trevor Simeon. So mm-hmm. you tell me if you buy that. I do not. I didn't even realize Trevor yeah, Simeon was still in the exactly. NFL. <laughs> so if Cincinnati's healthy, they're my pick to win the division. They have the offensive talent to do it. We know that their defense is going to be fine. They lost some pieces, but they're also paying a lot of guys. Cincinnati is the class of the division right now, which I want to keep saying. Cleveland is Cleveland. The Browns is the Browns. They've never finished ahead of the Steelers in the AFC North. It's not going to happen again this year. Deshaun Watson has thrown a lot of picks in training camp and preseason. He looked bad against the Eagles in the joint practices, which means more than the preseason games. He was awful last season when he came in. They have the talent on the roster, but it's Cleveland. Until they do it, I have no belief in them whatsoever. And, and there's not many teams where you can say that as an argument, but I feel like you can say that about the Browns. Am I incorrect in saying that? No, I mean, yeah, they always somehow find a way. They they find a way. Like, even that 0-16 year, they had that game against Steelers. Correct. And yeah. found a way to drop the ball on fourth and one. That's right. when Quite literally. Yeah. Like, literally, no, it went right. That's when Deshaun hands. Kaiser yeah. was the guy, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Like, Deshaun Kaiser helped me out on my immaculate Yeah, I think it was Corey Coleman. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey look at that smile right now, man. All right. Okay. So I can see it all I, the way through this computer yeah. that's so, in front of us. I, I mean, Cincinnati's my pick if they're healthy. If they're not, I think the healthiest team's going to win. I mm-hmm. hope it's the Steelers. I don't believe in Cleveland. If they do it, great. Then we can start to believe in Cleveland. But I am not believing in Cleveland until they do anything. And I think that the Ravens... Do you think Baltimore comes in last? No, I think Baltimore's third. I think Cleveland comes in last. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. see Bal- Baltimore has not really been successful against anybody inside the division other than Cleveland. If Lamar, Lamar stays healthy, they could win the division. Mounts, again, they've not beaten these teams in the regular season. But they've still been close to winning the division. Right, but they haven't done it against the AFC North. Which is going to matter because all these teams are going to be 9 or 10 win teams, maybe 11. You're it, no, Matt, I, you don't watch AFC North. It's the truth. It's the tr- it's going to be the truth in the AFC this year because all of these teams have guys, and they're going to beat the hell out of each other. And you're going to see a lot of ten and eleven win teams. I really don't think you're going to see a fourteen and three or fourteen. What is it going to be? Fourteen to three team, thirteen and fourteen this season in the NFL. I do not believe it. Not even the Chiefs. No. I don't think so. I think the Chiefs lost a lot. The Chris Jones thing is a problem. He said he'll sit out till week eight if he has to. I, I'm being dead serious, Mounts. It's going to be an exciting okay, just year. don't lump the Steelers into an 11-win team. That's fine. I think they win nine or ten games. I'm I'll, not saying I'll give, I'll, I'll give you ten tops. Okay, that's but fine. Right. But that might be enough in this division based <laughs> off of the health of it and what it's going to 
come. I, I, the, the Steelers, they are playing the AFC South and I forget the NFC. They're playing the NFC West because they've got the Niners week one. So it, it's going to be a bloodbath in the North, and it's going to be who's healthiest and who can win the most close games. And I don't think that's going to be Cleveland, and I don't think that's going to be Baltimore. All right, man. That, that's my that's my right. take on it. All right, we got to go because we got to come back and talk about college football. Yeah. Okay. See ya. We'll be right back. Beat the clock on the United States. What's poppin'? What's poppin', everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And this is Hoopin' with Mike and Brian, a sports podcast where we talk everything hoops, giving insight, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. Right? Yeah, we're out on all platforms, as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin' with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin' underscore mb. Yeah. Keep hoopin'. U92 The Moose is your home for the best sports coverage you're going to find here on the campus of West Virginia University. It all starts on Wednesdays from 6 to 10. It's the Sports Block on U92. From 6 to 8, we're talking WVU sports with a tilt towards on-campus coverage. From 8 to 10, it's the Sports Page taking a look at all the national stories you want to hear the U92 sports staff talk about. Then at the bottom of every hour, Tune in for breaking news on all of the top stories in sports by members of the U92 staff. And finally, live sports on U92 The Moose are the bread and butter. Tune in for coverage of both WVU soccer teams, women's basketball, baseball, and WVU hockey. Live on U92, 91.7 FM, and U92TheMoose.com. You're not going to want to miss any of the sports here on U92. Listen to every home game of the West Virginia Black Bears all season long on U92 The Moose. You can listen in on 917U92TheMoose.com by downloading the Radio FX or TuneIn apps or by telling your Amazon Alexa device, Hey Alexa, play U92 The Moose. Tanner Mounts, Luke Blaine, and the Big Mac here with you. Hamilton's away. I'm back after my quick call. That'll happen every Friday, unfortunately. Uh, but we're going to pick week zero. Every single week of this college football season, we're going to pick seven games. Plus, everybody's going to pick one Superdog this week. No Superdog picks. We're all just going to pick straight up seven games. Uh, and we'll see what our results are at the end of the year. We're picking money line, nothing else. We're not picking lines or anything for the regular seven games, which will – Consist of a couple top 25s, always the West Virginia game, and probably a couple other that will be consistent across the board. It's going to be fun. We're going to do it for the NFL as well, which will again start next week. We'll all pick the Thursday game uh, the week before. So that's two weeks away now, the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's not next Thursday, but the Thursday after. Yeah. So we, we, We'll also probably end up starting a fantasy football league too, so that will get oh, you in here. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Great. I need more things to do. I'm not busy at all. All right. <laughs> so if you can believe it or not, at this time tomorrow, you'll be able to watch college football pregame shows. Woo! I can't believe it. It's back, baby. Uh, the first game tomorrow is over in Dublin. Uh, in Ireland, it's Navy at Notre Dame, technically Notre Dame, the number 13 team in the country. Two ranked teams will play tomorrow. 
Uh, but I think this game's a pretty easy game to pick across the board. I will be taking the Fighting Irish with Marcus Freeman in year two over the Navy midshipmen who have a new head coach. T- Ken Nui Moyotoloau is no longer the head coach at Navy, believe it or not. Uh, I think he's on Southern Cal staff. I think. Either way, I think that that game's an easy one to pick. Yeah, luckily this game is not only the first game of the season, but it's also in Dublin. Otherwise, it would be probably a very boring game to watch, um, specifically just how Navy plays. I'm going to take the Fighting Irish as well. I think that's kind of the obvious pick here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say it too. I, I got Notre Dame. That's my pick. I'm actually excited to see Sam Hartman, though, make his uh, debut with the Fighting Irish. Yeah, uh, that was I think that's going to be exciting. He had a big year at – pretty solid year at Wake Forest. So, I, that's exciting. But, yeah, my pick's definitely Notre Dame in this one. Notre Dame for me as well. <clears throat> All right. Niamolo Tawal, I can never say his name, I'm trying, is on UCLA, not USC staff with Chip Kelly. Uh, the next game, UTEP and Jackson State. That'll be at Jacksonville State. Uh, that's a tough one, I guess. What are we thinking here, boys? Give me the minors, baby. Yeah? Give me the minors. I, right. I don't know why. I just, I'm, I'm feeling it. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with it, you know? Fair enough. Uh Conference USA is where UTEP is playing from. Who do we pick in there, Brian? UTEP or Jacksonville State? My pick is Jacksonville State. Fair Ooh. enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're starting on, man. Yeah, we're starting off. I'll uh, I'll take UTEP. I'll go with I'll go with Bry. Thanks, buddy. I'll, I'll take the Jacksonville State boys down there. Followed up by UMass at New Mexico State. Again, this is week zero. These are not going to be the usual games that we pick. But it's college football, man. That's right, baby. I love it. I will go with New Mexico State in that one. That one will be on the worldwide leader at 7 p.m. Yeah, I mean, actually, two years ago, New Mexico State was 2-10, and 10, and last year, 7-6. and six, So they they improved quite a bit, but my pick is New Mexico State. Uh, I'm going to ride with that as well. All right. I don't know. I think, I think UMass is going to take advantage of the bright lights. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm picking my first upset. All right, there you go. Followed up by OU, oh, yeah, the Ohio Bobcats at San Diego State. I got to go with Maction, baby. Give me the Bobcats. You know what? Just uh, 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 crap. Come back to me. I got to take another right. two seconds. Hey, you mile. saw Nathan Roark in the preseason down there in Jacksonville getting hounded and throwing that touchdown, right? That's yeah. an Ohio Bobcat right there. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? No, because I'm trying to think. All, All right. right. Let me focus. He's right. focusing. Who are you taking up, Brian? Hey, I'll ride with you, Tanner. I'm on my pick. You ride with my mom there? Oh, you Ohio. Um, yeah, Ohio's my pick. I'll take Ohio. All right. See, now I, I now I can't go Ohio because right. now I need I got to get that point. You know? I got to get that point over everyone. I'm going to take San Diego. Right. That's fair. We got Hawaii at Vanderbilt in the game that's going to benefit the uh, Maui disaster, uh, a big game down in Vandy emotionally for the Rainbow Warriors. Um, and so, you know, I think that's going to mean a lot to them, although – I don't know if they can beat Vandy. Vandy rolled in there and killed them last year. I'm going to roll with Vandy. Yeah, uh, Vanderbilt. I believe they're they're five and seven last year, so that's one game away from a bowl game. So uh, my pick is going to be Vanderbilt in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt too, and I can't wait for them to be ranked afterwards because of that SEC bias. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take Vandy too. Uh, okay, I got Hamilton's picks. He wants every home team. <laughs> <laughs> So that means he's taking Notre Dame, Jacksonville State, New Mexico State, San Diego State, and Vandy. The next one, everybody's taking Southern Cal, home against San Jose State. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. You're not kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. Uh, and then, f- 
follow. I mean, I'm assuming everybody's taking Southern California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. San Jose State now. No, not me. I know Mouts is debating it over there, but <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He wants right. that point, man. Now, the last game point. of the night will be Florida International at Louisiana Tech, home of Terry Bradshaw and Phil Robertson. Give me the Razor. No, that's not the Razor Cajun, is it? Louisiana Tech. I, I'll take the Bulldogs. Yeah, I, I agree. My pick is Louis, Louisiana Tech here as well. Can so. you say that word for me? <laughs> say what word? Louisiana. Louisiana. There we go. My bad. You know what they wear down there a lot? What? Crocs. I, I'm confused with that reference. Is you're gonna wear them? I'm gonna get you, and then you're gonna have to move in with me forever. Really? Yeah. Best buddies? Sure. <laughs> Look at Mounts over here. So happy. It's just to be so here. nice to see you two come together. Oh, it is, man. God. We 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 we're, this yeah. Is week yeah. one. This week is one. Week, week two, actually. I'm happy to see you too, Mounts. All right. Mounts. The way <laughs> the way that Tanner walked out of of uh, you place this morning. Like <laughs> such like a grumpy old man on a mission. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but he, we're gonna, I'll, I'll make it he quick. He didn't even wait for me. I was sitting. Yeah, I, I saw you. No, no, I, I walked him. out of Billy. I go, Let's go. And I just, yeah. <laughs> he just started walking. I could it's tell. Like, it's like a Saturday morning school yeah. breakfast. Hey, we're going to run. Let's go. No, when I saw Tanner walk in the apartment yesterday, I could just tell wanted to just leave him alone. Though. I was I was at soccer for seven. Yeah, hours. I could oh, tell yeah. it was a long day. He was locked. He in. wasn't smiling. Dude, it was so hot in that booth. I probably lost a few pounds. It was. Rest. Y'all are lucky. I opened those windows. I mean, I would have opened them. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. I did. I give the man credit. Right, he did. We're I did. Give it. You, blame you, credit. You don't have to thank opening me. Opening the windows. <laughs> no, dude, please don't. It was it was my pleasure. All right, thank you. Hi, Tanner. Hey, buddy. So are you taking FIU or LA Tech there, Mount? Oh, I'm going LA Tech. I'll yeah. take LA Tech. All right, so those are our picks for week zero of college football. It will be much more interesting next week, I promise. But college football's back. We're not going to complain about it. Um, all right, so we've got through all our topics for today, for the most part. What, Brian? <laughs> You're looking at me. Uh, I'm waiting for you to say something here, potentially. You got anything for us? Uh, the Knicks are winning the NBA Finals. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. Oh, I do. I hey, do. Well, did you know that Jalen Brown only has two years left to win his five rings? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got. The, I, I mean, I'm sure he'd rather have that 500 million dollar contract that he has, anyways. Yeah, well, uh, I do want to mention the MLB because we've not right. gotten to. You got it. I've made Brian watch a lot of Tampa Bay Rays games. I, I feel like I'm in purgatory being a Rays fan. It, it, it's been Wait, Tanner, can I can I say yeah. something real quick? I'm not trying to tear you down or anything like that, but I do remember when I think the Rays they start off hot, right? Because I remember you telling me that all they had to do was finish 500. That's right. right? So, That's what they've been doing. So, I, it, well, I, I shouldn't even say I'm not even tearing you down. So you have no reason to complain. <laughs> I have no reason to complain <laughs> down in St. Pete. Oh, he's got pretty one big reason to complain. I, I've got oh, quite right. a few reasons. Uh, listen, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the starting five on the IL would be one of the top rotations in baseball. Uh, the Wander Franco situation <laughs> is just terrible, just horrible. There's no reason to joke about that. If what is being accused is true, it's terrible, uh, and he should never play baseball again, and he should wind up in jail. It, it's it's a bad bad situation down there. Um, Yankees are in town though, starting today, and uh, they just, I think they swept the Rockies. They won again yesterday. Uh, Monday was terrible, or yeah. the Rays. Oh, I thought you said the Yankees just. No, swept no, the, the rank the Yankees are down in St. Pete though, starting oh, okay. tonight. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yankees fans not happy either. First, yeah, we're we're tanking for Shohei. Is that what's happening? Well, <laughs> you want to talk about Shohei? Yeah, I, that's crazy. It sucks. Do you know how much money he lost yesterday? He didn't lose that much money. It's not going to be a six hundred million dollar contract. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't believe. Yes, so. it is. No, I don't think. He's so. already had this once, and he's been. He, he was fine. I think so. Here's 
a theory that I saw, and it's not my own, but I love it. I think instead of him being a starter at this point, if you can bring him in as a lockdown closer, but he's still that good at the bat, I don't see a problem with that. And I think that's a good way to lower what his pitch count would be. Yeah, World Baseball Classic. Right, exactly. I mean, John Smoltz did it. He could come in and instead of being that starter throwing, you know, 90 to 100 pitches or whatever it would be, he comes in and throws 20, but he can still give you what he does at the plate and he's a lockdown closer. I think that that's just as valuable. Yeah, or even just like a middle reserve type of guy where you can still get two, three innings out of him rather than like a a full game. Right. But, yeah, I mean. He's the MVP of the league, right? He's the the best best baseball baseball player of all time. Yeah. Like he's six weeks already ago, he should still be the MVP. Yes. Yeah. I, I, okay. It's, as long it's as we're insane. on the same page there. Um, Artie Moreno. Well, although, wait, before we say that, yeah. though, it is kind of crazy that Judge is still, what, fourth in home runs in the AL, and he's missed a whole month and a half. Fair enough. That man is insane. He's the best hitter in baseball, but Shohei Tani is the best, best player by far. Okay. The best player ever. I'll even say that. All right. Luke, do you even watch baseball? No. Okay. Brian. I can give I'm a Mets fan. Huh? I'm a Mets fan. So, no. So, no. I don't know. <laughs> All I'm saying is I was it's in the Mets fan club. family guy clip where they go to the Mets game and the first pitch up the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the Mets, baby, the Mets. Tanner. Yeah. Hey. Right. No, but I was going to say, though, I am, I, am, I, am a, I am a Mets fan. So, uh, you know, just, re- just repping my, you know. Well, Tanner says I'm from New York, but I'm not from New York. Brian's from New York. I'm from New Jersey. What's so funny about just the way he goes, hey Tanner, or he went, hey Tanner. Well, no, no. So I am a Mets fan. No, no. I, I was trying, to, I was, I was trying to get my, I, I was trying to get my brain on the right track. I think I you were trying to say. think of a quote, weren't you? No, no like, it has not. come natural. Listen, so, it yeah. does come like natural. I tell you what, <laughs> I, you didn't hear my quote. Listen, we talked about it a lot. Last, hey. I said like a smile. Oh, listen to me, Mouse. All right, what, what did Tanner say? Okay, so we talked about it a lot last year when I'd wake up and I'd see Brian when we lived. <laughs> it's it's like that now, and it's just such a happy feeling. Really? Oh yeah. What makes you say that, please? That was not where I was going. That's I, I, I think I it was Oh, going. she and Brian every day is a joy. Really? Yeah. I can't tell if you're joking or not. <laughs> really? No. I feel like you know. No, I, I, I'm dead serious. No, I'm serious too, man. Yeah. Right, We're right all back at you for the butt. There is nothing there. I swear, I mean that. Really? From the heart. Can you give me three three reasons as to why? <laughs> so I, I, to so why I can I build up my ego? Brian McQuellen. <laughs> wanna, okay. I've been doing a great job taking out the trash and unloading yeah, the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the trash chutes never actually open. I know, I know. At least you guys have a trash chute. Do you know what happened, though? I will say this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, listen. We opened the door the other day, and there's a box of shredded paper sitting in front of our door, and we were like, what is going on? Yeah. And then it's got – so Anissa is our neighbor, and it's got Anissa's roommate's name on it with the apartment number. So then I call Anissa, and I go, what are you leaving trash outside our door for? And she's like, we didn't do that. We threw it away. Well, how did it end up in front of our door? That's what I want to know. And we also have another problem. We've told the story on here about how Brian let some guy attack me freshman year when he got <laughs> to our room at 2 in the morning. Yeah, I, I, guys, I forgot me, me and Tanner live in the same room, so Tanner can't lock the door. Right. So I yeah, have to do it. Exactly. We wake up last week, and it's somebody ate our entire bag of gold. Yeah. Was in the pantry. <laughs> I think it was you. Dude, you not – it was walked me out. No, I, and I closed the door. That's why I was in your apartment. Fine. But also, like, the thing is, like, it wasn't – because if I ate that bag of goldfish, I'd be proud, and I would say I ate the whole <laughs> bag of goldfish. So. so, yeah, Brian's mom bought him two you bags. You have another goldfish. roommate. No. Nope. Just saying. It, well, I have a theory about that. That's not the one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, now, now, now I'm intrigued. I mean, Brian could have ate it all. <laughs> he could. We don't know. 
or he could have split it up into bags and have you know a little bit every day of the week and just yeah. didn't want us. Because my whole it. thing is like the the goldfish just they don't just disappear, man. Right. They don't just disappear. And also it was like there was a there was a water bottle on the inside of it, so someone was thirsty too. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. You know me, I'm a healthy guy. I don't need that. Brian walked me out. That's all. I did. Fair enough. I did. Fine. I didn't come back in your apartment to take your goldfish. <laughs> I, okay. Hey, getting a little defensive there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know goldfish are gone. That's They're what gone. I will say. A whole bag. Well, I have <laughs> two whole bags in my room if you guys want an extra one. Oh, oh really? Yeah, because well, he ate it, so he's going to give us one bag to make up for that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, you, I haven't even made fun of your laugh yet. Uh, dude, well, it comes down. Oh, well, it comes we down. were laughing so, at it earlier. Yeah. Do, do you want to laugh? You had me in tears earlier, man. So, all right, you know. I'm a guy that likes to uh, get at people. Um, so my buddies, you know, Brian likes to make fun of my laugh. Everybody thinks my laugh is something different. Yeah. One of them yells at me and says, you laugh like a Disney villain. <laughs> and so then they started calling me like Jafar and <laughs> Ursula and Leficent <laughs> and all that stuff because I cackle like a Disney villain when I really laugh hard. They should have casted you for Ursula in the uh, live action. Lamar. I probably could have done better. I tell you, I saw did, that did you movie. Get, you, oh yeah, you I went saw and saw it. It was not bad. Yeah. Um, I thought it was too long. It could have been about forty minutes shorter. Mm. It was like two hours and twenty minutes for The Little Mermaid. Uh, yeah. Oh, Tanner, that reminds me. Yeah. I, you, I we I finally started watching movies again. Cause yeah. We, no, yeah. Brian did. I opened his world up a little bit. I, I made him watch Here Comes the Boom. Here yeah, comes that the was a good movie. That, that's, that's, that's a good movie. Right. Made him watch that. Day after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow with Dennis Quaid. Watching climate change stuff. Yeah. That was good. Um. Yeah, we're trying to broaden Brian's we're world. Doing a good here. job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm growing. I'm growing a lot. Yeah, he yeah. is. If I may, we alluded to it at the at, I, I at don't the know very beginning of the show. No, I need this microphone. I need. Can, can I tell the guys about the shot heard across Panama? Well, they can go listen. Let's oh, go to the, the podcast that's and true. listen to that. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Go, it's on the podcast. go subscribe to the MSI podcast, Mountaineer Sports Insider, and listen to Luke Blaine talk about the shot from Panama. Oh yeah, you told me about that. Uh, I think I did tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good story. But you should listen also, uh, Hooping with Mike and Brian is back and better than ever. New episode, probably dropping either tonight or tomorrow. I just want to put that out there. It's been a while. All right. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. That, that's all I want to say. Sounds good. You got anything to promote? Announce in the morning, man. Did you do the hey, first sir. one this week or is it starting next week? Oh, uh, next week. This next upcoming week. Wednesday, 9, 10 o'clock. You can listen to the Sparta near now, Tuesday mornings. Brian will be the Joy Taylor. I love it. Oh, really? I appreciate that. She's gone, isn't she? Yeah. yeah, no, it's some other guy now. You see, Cowherd was talking yeah, but about. No, 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 right. no, no, no. I'm going to defend him. No, I love Cowherd. Yeah. Not I as mean, much as I used to. I but mean, when he, he was, like, doing stage. his show and he oh, was yeah. taking it seriously and all that, like, I'm not saying he doesn't take it serious now, but it's definitely not as what it used to be. It was really good. Talking yourself for three hours, it, you're going to you're gonna right, mix up hard. your words yeah. every once yeah. in a while. But was it that he said that the Seahawks have a really good chance to win the AFC? Yeah. That was bad. And then he yeah, du- and then he, and then he doubled else, down yeah. with that by saying it's not like he just accidentally said AFC. Right. He doubled down with it and said like, "Can he beat Mahomes and Josh Allen?" So and, that was yeah. bad. Well, there was also the uh, he had a list of quarterbacks. Well, no, we saw that. That was not his fault. That was the yeah. production. Th- that's fault. true. Yeah, yeah uh, but, he but didn't, the, he the didn't other one that was it. bad was at the MLB trade deadline. <laughs> he was saying that they should trade Otani for as many first round picks as they can get, but you, you can't trade picks in baseball. That one was not great, yeah. Um, but you know that's fine. It is. It's definitely hard to talk shit yourself for three hours. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's that for you. 
One down, guys. Wow. One down. Yeah. Lots of fun this morning. Um, My first excited. ever beat the clock. Yeah. Uh, Luke Flame got in here at what time? About 7. <laughs> but you know what I did? I beat the clock. Oh, yeah, sure you did. He did. Uh, we are in the upstairs studio today. The plan is to move downstairs full time. Uh, but for some reason, that wasn't working. I didn't have time to get that thing figured out. <laughs> so... We'll try to see if that can work, but uh, we've had some technical difficulties today. I think that the terrestrial stream was knocked out by the storm. Yeah, probably. So hopefully that's back up and running, and then obviously we're on U92Teams.com. Uh, go follow U92 on Twitter or X and on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Don't say X. They're uh, promoting the moose in some interesting ways right now. Something's coming, I think. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I did see that. What, what do you think? What do you think's coming? Hey. They got they got I, the I can't spoil it. I, I know every day. A I big know. smile. I, big smile. I think it's something. You think I, so? It's gonna be something. Yeah. It's gonna be something. I, I don't know what quite yet, but uh, it's gonna be something. Okay, man. I'm excited to see what happens. Though. Me too. Great. Thanks, everybody. It's been a fun one or Friday morning here. Go pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum. Okay. Go check out the TikTok okay. account. It's a United Two Studio. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Student Media Studio. Luke's right. DA is important. Yeah, we we have a we have a TikTok up featuring my assistant sports editor okay. Rachel Leibert right. that so is at thirty five thousand views right now. All right, now time to turn off that you. mic. Thank you. All right, that'll do it for us here Peace. on this Friday. We'll be back Monday. It's be locked right here on U ninety two. Morning. Well, they're not going to be anymore. U ninety two's all new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U ninety two seven to nine a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page. 